0: Again, it's one of those things where if you think that they're hot, you're endeared to it, and if you don't, it's super cringe. Yeah. For me, it was landing in cringe.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: I can't believe it's the end of November. That's crazy. It's actually
1: <laughs> ill and sick and messed up mm-hmm. how quickly they, this
0: year went by. Absolutely. I had like a, a sort of panicked frenzy the other day where I sure. realized just how soon Christmas is coming. And I did like 80% of my Christmas shopping in one go. I am like we're just assuming that
1: my family isn't celebrating because we didn't really do anything last year. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. We, we done. Mm-hmm. For like, we outie. Yeah. Like, please. <laughs> um, but I did end up, like, getting some stuff for Josh's family. Mm-hmm. And then Josh – because we were, like, doing stuff early because of his um, moving for work and stuff. But I was like, oh, we're going to do our gifts mm-hmm. another time, right? And he's like, oh, I got you something. And I was like, no. <laughs> no because i want to like think about what i'm going to get him and be like thoughtful and intentional and then he's like oh yeah already in the mail gonna show up here and i'm like i fucking hate you i take it back return it i don't want it like i'm not opening it until i figure out what i'm beginning
0: getting getting (laughs) you're gonna have to wait buddy oh my gosh yeah i also am buying presents for matt's family this year i'm like Mm -hmm. well I need it to be perfect. It has to be yeah. the perfect girl. Still hate everybody. me forever. Yeah, yeah. And they'll and be like, "They well, have to break
1: up with her now." <laughs> so. Yeah, no, literally, they will, and that's why it's agonizing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I settled on what to get his sister and his niece, like, very quickly. Yeah, but his mom, I'm like, well, that's the most important one. So right. I have half of it. I should figure out the other half of it. But nice. Christmas is stressful. It's so stressful. Let us know how your how your gift buying is going currently. If you do celebrate, um, yeah, and if you have any ideas, for any yeah, for Christmas, yeah. for Hanukkah, yeah, whatever you guys are procuring,
1: please let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kwanzaa. I don't know if Kwanzaa is really about gift giving, but cooking. Yeah, Three Kings Day. Mm. What are you putting in that grass? Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, with that being said, I guess we should talk about uh, our last movie of the month before we head into, you know, the celebratory month of December.
1: Yeah. And this is actually our first non-indie. No, no, because we did Twilight. Oh, yeah. And 17 again. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stop. Stop time. Someone stop the clock. This is insane. I'm like, and now we're fine. Th- thank God the strike is over. You're like, it's 2025.
0: <laughs> I'm like, it's been over, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, that being said, today we are yeah. doing uh, a 2007 Amanda Bynes classic, highly requested Sydney White. Yes. As you all know, I love Amanda Bynes. Mm. I think
1: she's hilarious. She has such a presence on the screen. But I feel like they really did her dirty with this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, they did her dirty in a lot of ways, both with the the lackluster dialogue and whoever on the styling team that fucking hated her and wanted her to look her absolute worst. Like, Amanda Bynes is a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yes. And they fucking dragged her through the mud with this one. She's looking yeah. orange. The frosted eyeshadow is not a good look. The wardrobe leaves much to be desired, and the worst mm-hmm. of all, that godforsaken wig that they put her in. <laughs> it's so I didn't realize it was I guess I should have
1: figured it out, but like I was like why do they keep leaving these strands on her face? Mm-hmm. Like what it she doesn't have bangs. They're not even like cut. But also, I have to remember that in 2007, right, things were things were taking a big
0: nosedive
1: in regards to fashion.
0: Yeah. Once so, you get into the late 2000s, things start to get real dicey. Yeah, the 2010s fashion.
1: Mm-hmm. We're talking skinny jeans and UGGs, mm-hmm. and like a, some sort of Forever 21 top, and it's really bad. And a
0: big old owl statement necklace.
1: <sighs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> The ballet flats. I was like, (laughs) I'm having like war flashbacks. Yeah. And now ballet flats are back, Mm -hmm. but they look chic. Yeah. And they look – I've actually been wearing my old all-black ballet flats, Mm. um, which I feel like are just like sleek enough that I'm like, okay, this is like reused. But when I tell you the style I'm still scarred from, like my peplum tops and my cardigans,
0: yeah (sighs) I was I was big into the peplums I loved the peplum and as you know cringy as a piece of clothing it is it was very flattering for my silhouette I must say (laughs) yeah I could see
1: that because you're a curvy individual so it's like very flattering yeah um yeah maybe we can have a a throwback reminiscing Mm -hmm. situation at some point but the fashion was bad
0: those middle school <laughs> picks, but yeah, aye, aye, aye. yeah, nobody was really looking great. Even the the hot girls, quote unquote, of the movie, right. they weren't looking good either. Yeah, I just feel
1: like I don't even know if the concept was it because I've seen good remakes, like obviously, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? The one where they reduce Cinderella,
0: a Cinderella story.
1: Well, yes, but I'm thinking of even Ever After. or Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know there are obviously good retellings of like the Graham Brothers and like mm-hmm. the storybook concept but it just didn't hit like no. none of it was clear enough where it was like okay are you like what's your goal here like I felt like it was doing too much
0: yeah this one definitely falls flat for me especially in the even in the Amanda Bynes canon alone but mm-hmm. also just in the general you know Genre of sleepover movies like this one. Do you have I watched it a million times and will I continue to watch it? Probably, yeah, but it's not one of the heavy hitters, in my opinion,
1: for sure. There, I like enjoyed the movie, I didn't hate my time watching it or anything, but I wanted there to be either like more romance or more comedy. Amanda being like, yeah, exactly, she's such a good comedian, like Mm -hmm. more sharp witted comedy. And, like, there's no way this was ever going to be, like, a dramatic, romantic movie. So, like, just beef up the comedy. Mm -hmm. But the writing was so bland. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of, we did see uh, a review of the film, which I think sums it up pretty accurately. Mm -hmm. This review is from... Rotten Tomatoes, and it says, Amanda Bynes is charming, but Sydney White is a poorly adapted take on Snow White, relying on tired ethnic stereotypes. Laughs. That pretty much nails it, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the jokes are just quite lazy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you got comedic genius Amanda on your team, and this is what we're doing? Yeah.
1: And it was interesting, because when I looked at the director... He had directed Sleepover, mm-hmm. American Pie Presents The Naked Mile, The Late Bloomer and Prom, which I haven't seen, but also like Awkward. Yeah. And I'm like, Sleepover and Awkward, like I love those two. Mm-hmm. So what happened, my man? Yeah.
0: Well, before we get too far into it, should we talk about the numbers?
1: Yeah, I just realized we didn't talk about the freaking <laughs> numbers. I'm like, what kind of podcast on financial are podcast are we? is this? <laughs> So, the budget for the film was $16.5 million, and in the box office, they made $13.6 million. So, nice. pretty rough. That's a loss for sure. Mm-hmm. And it also opened, I think, sixth
0: mm. that weekend, so not really what they wanted, I'm no. assuming. Yeah. I do remember seeing it in theater, so I did contribute. Oh, really? But wasn't enough <laughs> um they also like shot this movie really fast they only had 35 days to shoot it which is like wow kind of crazy and they filmed it in winter park florida at rollins college for the most part there were some other scenes they did elsewhere but most of the extras actually were just students who decided to stay on campus during spring break so hmm. probably save some money with that one yeah and i'm like what did you spend the other monies on Amanda Bynes yeah (laughs) hopefully she got a a big paycheck I hope so yeah well with that being said we should just dive into it but before we do we just want to remind you that on patreon this month we did the princess bride Mm -hmm. very fun time definitely go check that out and we can reveal that next month we will be doing barbie and nutcracker (laughs) yeah I'm
1: so excited to cover our first barbie animated movie me too
0: yeah, it was, I've been
1: waiting for it this was day. White
0: the lineup for the December vote. So for those mm-hmm. of you who aren't patrons, I'm just going to read it out so you can see kind of the the wild cards we had going. The vast array. <laughs> so obviously in the poll we had Barbie and Nutcracker. We also had the Sandra Bullock rom com While You Were Sleeping, uh, the Tim Allen classic The Santa Claus 2, and last but not least, Die Hard. <laughs>
1: yeah so. <laughs> i was like okay go off y'all i did not expect that to be on the options but uh on the table rather but yeah. i'm i'm glad to see that the love for bruce willis is alive and well
0: the inclusion of barbie and Die Hard in this in the pole, same poll it's giving barbenheimer it's yeah. giving double feature <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh unfortunately Die Hard did not take the gold this time, but Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to cover a Barbie movie. So if you're interested in hearing us cover this masterpiece, definitely head over to our Patreon. It's $5 a month. Uh, You get an extra bonus episode that is voted for and picked by the patrons. You get to join our Discord, which is super fun. Um, We have some other cool perks as well. So definitely check it out.
1: Mm -hmm. I guess, should we just... I don't even know, jackhammer right into
0: it. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) So we open up to some men working on a construction site as they pass around a card to sign. And eventually this card is brought over to the young Sydney White by her father. It's a congratulations Mm. card because she's going to college all the men on the construction site also all chipped in on a present for her, a brand new MacBook. Oh, my God. Very nice present to head off to college with. The it present. Absolutely. In the 2000s. So. So her dad asks her to promise to not spend all her time on it. You know, she may have a scholarship to maintain. She's got to raise a little hell every now and then. Ah. Sydney tells her dad that she'll smile for her mugshot and tells all the men on the site how much she's going to miss them. It's very mm-hmm. sweet. It's giving. It takes a village. Yeah. We then see Big Ron, one of the like very large, tall construction workers, getting emotional. And Sydney has to give him a big hug while he cries about how much she's going to miss her. Aww. And Sydney tells us, the audience, that she was raised by construction workers She was only nine when her mom died, so her dad had to handle her formative years. He always did his best, but sometimes a girl just needs her mom. And as Sydney packs for college, she pulls out a memory box to bring with her. I feel like you
1: could really make an entire montage of women in movies getting a MacBook. Mm. Like, off the dome, I'm like, Rory Gilmore, Sydney White, um, Elle Woods. Mm. Just, like, off the dome. True. Anyways, so the next scene is the quintessential dropping off your kid to go to college. She's actually taking a greyhound to get to school. So Mr. White is at the bus stop with her and says, if your mom was here, she'd know just what to say. And she would be thrilled that you're going to her alma mater and joining her sorority. So this is a really big deal for her. Mm -hmm. She feels like she's really going to get to connect with her mom. And he tells Sydney she's going to fit into that place like an overflow tube and a pressure tank. Nice. And they share one last hug before saying I love you and then goodbye. So Sydney rides on the bus and she opens her memory box up. And I'm like, that is a bulky item. Yeah. And in it is this sealed letter for her. For her first day of college from her mom. Dear Sydney, I love you so much. I'm so sorry I'm not there to see you off to college. But since I can't be, I've put some of my favorite memories in this box. Live every moment, Sydney. Grab every opportunity and have fun in everything you do. The friends you meet in college will be your friends for life. Bold. (laughs) Perhaps you'll fill this box with your own memories to pass on to your daughter someday. And know that though I can't be there with you now, I'm always right by your side every step of the way. Oh,
0: it always starts with the dead mom. Oh, yeah. If
1: they're raised by the dad, it's always like dead mom, dead mom, dead mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like,
0: how can we really pull on the freaking heartstrings? Exactly. Like Harry Potter, dead parents. Hunger Games, dead dad. There you go. I haven't seen Divergent, but I assume somebody's dead. Um. (laughs) I think she has both her... Is it her dad?
1: I thought that she had both her parents, but maybe her dad is dead.
0: I know her mom is definitely alive. Yeah, I've I've not seen, so I couldn't say. But nonetheless, we go to school. And who do we see driving in a convertible? Miss Sarah Paxton herself. Aka Rachel Witchburn, she is probably the person who looks the best in this movie. They did at least yeah. give her like a decent. Her hair looks good. Hairstylist, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that she does when she gets to her room in the Capify New Sorority House is log on to her computer and check to see that she's still ranked as the number one hottest girl at Southern Atlantic University of course so obviously this is a very very obvious direct reference to (laughs) the wicked witch not witch i guess she's the queen but she's also a witch yeah yeah you know making sure she's still the fairest of them all yeah they are not subtle Mm
1: -mm. about this um did you ever watch darcy's wildlife growing up no that was starring sarah paxton and she was like Actually, she wasn't the popular girl in that one. She was like this girl who moved from the city to the farm. Mm.
0: One of the best theme songs ever. I was reading like fun facts about this movie, and there are so few of them. Mm-hmm. And one of the fun facts was just like, this is the second time that Sarah Paxton played a mean girl. The first time wasn't Sleepover, which is the same yeah. director. So.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Interesting. So, Sydney arrives at her new dorm room where she meets her roommate, Dinky. Short for,
0: like, Demetria something. Demetria Rose. Because I was reading. Yeah, Because obviously, like, they have a breakdown on Wikipedia of who all the characters are in the Snow White story. Oh, okay. And I yeah. didn't realize that Dinky is one of them. Because I never heard of this character before. But Dinky is supposed to be uh the character Rose Red. Huh? Who is Snow White's sister. So it's, like, one of the original, oh, like, Snow White stories. Like a grim version Mm -hmm. so like it's initially a german fairy tale and Mm -hmm. like the best known version is you know the brothers grim one but yeah it's about snow white and her sister rose red um two little girls living with their mother a poor widow in a small cottage by the woods uh, Snow White is quiet and shy and prefers to spend her time indoors doing housework and reading. Rose Red is outspoken, lively, and cheerful, and prefers to be outside. They are both very good girls who love each other and their mother dearly, and their mother is very fond of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God for that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so like Snow White is supposed to have like super dark features with you know the pale skin right. and like the dark dark hair, whereas Rose Where Red was that pale skin. Who's to say? <laughs> but <laughs> Rose Red is supposed to be like super, super like fair, like light, light blonde hair. So that's they're going for. Who knew? Not me. I love the name Rose Red. Has you know rolls off the tongue a little better than Dinky. Yeah.
1: Ha! <laughs> <laughs> my name is Dinky. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, she is just the tiniest southern blonde lady you've ever seen. And when Dinky hears her name, she's like, oh, you're the other Kappa legacy. That's why we're rooming together. And she knows, like, her parents' name, her pledge class. And Sid is like, oh, wow, I'm sorry I didn't, like, do a background check on your family. (laughs) So she's like, we shouldn't get too comfortable in this room because soon we'll be moving into the Kappa house. And Dinky grabs her hands, and they jump up and down, and she talks about how every woman in her family was a Kappa, and she even has a Kappa Barbie. And Dinky asks what Sid is going to wear to the rush party. She's so excited. She's like, I have five options right here. Mm -hmm. So Sid looks through her one bag of clothes to see if she might have a skirt. She has this other suitcase, which she reveals is filled with her favorite comics. She has a collection of comic books.
0: Wow. She's not like the other girl. My point exactly. <laughs>
1: she's different. Okay. She has diverse interests. Mm-hmm. So Dinky offers to lend her something, and Sydney is very touched, and she says, this is going to be fun. She's never really had a lot of girlfriends before, and Dinky says... Not just girlfriends, sisters. Mm. I love Tinky.
0: Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And I was like a little bit afraid that, like, because well, this movie could so easily go the route of, like, oh, you know, she grew up around the guys and she's never had a lot of friends. And then she's yeah, she like, doesn't want to. Yeah. And then she's like really awful to like, women, but she's not. She like genuinely does really want to be friends with the girls. So yeah. I'm glad it doesn't go that route meanwhile miss rachel witchburn is driving like a golf cart looking thing but i guess it
1: like it, it kind of looks like a hummer or something it's is like, that the one you're
0: thinking of it's like um here in the airport and they have those little like yeah it looks like one of those yeah 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 she drives that thing directly through the marching band so that's cool she then mm-hmm. goes into a building and sits at the head of the student council meeting table and mm-hmm. like very dramatically says, and now I w- let's welcome Tyler Prince, president of Beta Omega Rho fraternity, as he enters the room. Um, he is our, our leading man, our love interest, but he's simply just the most average <laughs> plain white dude so she tells the council that she's invited tyler to talk to them all about a special project he starts to explain this special project but rachel cuts him off and tells the council about their plans to demolish the vortex aka this like rundown house where geeks and losers live so that they can break ground on the witchburn prince greek life center and apparently even the administration is on board with evicting these students and um just letting Greek life take over the campus.
1: Yeah, which we find out later is not even close to the to
0: like half of the student body. No, they are the minority, but I like I'm like, do they make money for the school? Is that why? They might I don't They know. might have people
1: donating. I I there's a lot of like uh, mental gymnastics that need to be mm-hmm. done in this movie so yeah I don't know <laughs> but we go to Rachel and Tyler Rachel starts getting jealous because she sees Tyler like winking at a girl on the student council and she says to him like this is silly when you're gonna come back to me and Tyler's like Rachel you dumped me and Rachel's like it was middle school
0: I thought I was going to marry a Backstreet boy. I am surprised that they set the breakup so far back. Like the way that she's acting, you would think that they were dating like last year. Yesterday. Yeah. But I'm like, you broke up in middle school, my guy. That's just not, it's not that serious.
1: (laughs) I feel like they just said that so that he looks better. Yeah. Because if they said that they were dating last year, even or something, it would make him not even look bad because it's still months. In months ago, but like It just makes him look
0: like more of a nice guy Yeah, true So Yeah, so We then go to sorority row Sydney is pulling a little Demi Lovato Wearing her Converse <laughs> with her dress Now baby, because that's just okay. me Okay <laughs> But she, you know, assures Dinky It's okay that she's wearing the Converse Because like, you know, isn't the whole sisterhood thing That they like you for who you are? like yeah totally meanwhile the fucking creeps over at beta are using binoculars to like ogle all the freshman girls mm-hmm. gross and the boy with the binoculars moose he then gets distracted by the residents of the vortex we see embele who is sleeping on the ground we see jeremy who is running around with his puppet uh terence is doing an experiment spanky and gherkin are fighting with lightsabers but moose ends up zeroing in on george in his little tiger guide uniform and decides that that's his target he then tries to throw a football like directly at his face very fast like that could cause a very serious injury to somebody oh yeah but luckily sydney catches it at the last second And she checks in on George to make sure he's okay. And maybe think about this trend that's on TikTok right now. It's actually, like, people in college doing it where guys will, like, knock on girls' door and have, like, somebody throw a football and they'll catch it at the last second to be like, you ladies all right? (laughs) (laughs) So maybe made me think about that. But, yeah, she checks on George, but he kind of, like, malfunctions at a girl talking to him. And Sydney yells to Moose that he better hang on to his football. He clearly needs the practice Ooh. and throws it back so hard that it knocks him off his feet because she's not like the other girls. Yeah. She's athletic. She doesn't have a lot of
1: girlfriends and her dad's a plumber, so she knows a thing or two about a thing or 2 Mm-hmm. Tyler is very impressed by this athletic feat and he runs over and introduces himself off the bat, he's interested in her, and Dinky actually wing woman's her. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic, and she's like, "Tyler, can you help us uh, find our way to the cab house?" And Tyler's like, "Ladies, let me be your Greek guy." <laughs> and so he walks them through the neighborhood and talks about the different sororities, their reputations, and Sid asks about the vortex. And Tyler explains that it started just as overflow student housing. And I'm like, there can't be that many rooms, but sure. And then he finally brings them to the Kappa house. And Dinky thanks him for the tour and tells Sid she'll meet her inside.
0: Again, amazing wing woman. Right. Love right. Dinky. She's one of my favorite characters probably.
1: Because she actually has like at least like endearing parts of her personality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Tyler is surprised that Sid is trying to pledge kappa, and she asks if the shoes gave it away, and he's like, no, I love the shoes. The kappas are just a little bit intense. Cue Rachel Witchburn watching them from her bedroom window, and Sid explains that it was her mother's house. And Tyler asks if she's all on her case about rushing, and that's when Sid has to tell him that. She actually passed away nine years ago. And he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And says, Kappa could use a girl like her. They're actually Beta's sister sorority. And so she's like, Oh, so we'll be like brother and sister. <laughs> Immediately just regretting those words as soon as they're out of her mouth. And she's like, um, I mean, like, not brother and sister, but like, da, da, da. and she's like, I'm sorry. I talk a lot when I get nervous. Please stop me anytime. And he's like, oh, you're nervous. Uh, And Sydney's like, no, 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 not because of you. Tyler, was it? No. It's because of the rush. I have to go. And she literally takes off running. But I thought that was like, I was like, that's
0: Amanda Bynes when she goes, Tyler, was (laughs) not Exactly. Like this part, I'm like, oh, funny. Because, like, you know, again, the dialogue is leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah. But Amanda is doing the absolute best that she can.
1: With the little, like, flower and water she's been left. hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. She, uh the parts where she kind of, like, rambles, that is, like, the best part of Sydney to me. Yeah. Because I feel like the rest of her, like, there's just not a lot to her character. No, 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 no. no. She's there's very one-dimensional where, like. We get the seeds of like, oh, you know, she's not like the other girl. She hasn't grown up with a lot of girlfriends. Yeah. She has more like, quote unquote, nerdy interests. But that's pretty much it. And like, she's she's kind. Right. She's friendly. The only thing that happens,
1: I guess you could say dynamically with her character is that she realizes she doesn't need to be a kappa in the end.
0: But it, not even in the end. It's kind of like halfway through and then we don't see yeah much growth
1: from her beyond
0: that. Like that's kind of no, it. No, no.
1: Because she starts out as nice. Yeah. She ends as nice. And that's really all they have.
0: Yeah. And she always would have been friends with the guys in the vortex. It's not like she had to learn to love them. Like she was right. always kind to them. So Yeah. There's just not much of a journey. And she didn't changed them. No. She
1: was just like we need to make sure where you live isn't like getting torn
0: down. Yeah, and like maybe get you out of the house once in a while. Right. But Yeah, so again, it just it leaves a lot to be desired. So we go into the Kappa house and Rachel tells the current Kappas that their objective tonight is to target cute pledges and avoid fat losers. And I said, I love 2007. All right. So their code for ditching an unsuitable pledge is to show her the koi pond. Keep that in your back pocket for later. They also have two legacies coming today. So when you find them, bring them to Rachel immediately. They then do a little chant where they say... Here comes a Kappa, queen of the row. She's hot, she's cool, she ain't no hoe. She's got style, she's got class, and from behind a kickin'. Kickin'. Kappa, Kappa. (laughs) No shade, no tea to anybody who is in a sorority, but every time I see those videos of them, like, chanting and clapping during rush week when they like open the door and they're all standing there. It is just very unsettling. Yeah. Very creepy to me. But as all the Kappas go off to like welcome the pledges, Rachel then stops Amy, another Kappa. And she's like, Oh, Amy, you've been reassigned to kitchen duty and sends her off. And She's done this because I guess this girl gained some weight over the summer after a breakup. So she's now no longer fit to be seen, I guess, in the Kappa house. So that's really cool. Love that.
1: Yeah, it's just so not nuanced. Yeah, it's so cheap. Yeah. We've seen it before. Yeah. So the rush begins and we start with a mixer Sydney is talking to a girl who's gushing about how her boyfriend of two years is going to pin her, and Sydney's like, pin you to what? (laughs) And she goes outside, and that's where she sees this, like, beautiful-looking bench, and it looks like it might be the same bench that her mom is sitting in the photo uh, that she has in her special box. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Katie and Christy, Rachel's lackeys, find her and immediately bring her to meet Rachel when they hear her name. So they bring her over and initially Rachel's like, "Um, ladies, how about you show this one to the koi pond? (laughs) The girls are like, "Um, she's a legacy. Mm -hmm. And then Rachel has to play nice. And she's like, oh, uh, hey, Katie why don't you bring Sydney here to the refreshments table and Sydney's like oh I'm not really thirsty and Rachel's just like yeah bring her over (laughs) so she tells Christy that Sid is not Cabo material plus okay I saw her throwing herself at Tyler and Christy says they have to give her a bid she's a legacy and I'm surprised that that even constitutes a bid for how much she hates Sydney. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess I guess that's how it, it works. It does seem kind of crazy to me that, like, I just assumed that it would be more of, like, an unspoken rule that if you're a legacy, you get a bid. But it seems like it's actually a rule rule that. Yeah, I don't know. You must be given a bid if your parent was in the sorority, which is kind of, quite, kind of wild. I don't know if that's true in real life. Anybody who is in a sh- sorority, please. Let us know how it works, but – Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I guess I don't know when they start – oh, no, 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 because there's the ball, and that, like, brings them into the story. Okay, never mind. I answered my own
0: question. Yeah, because, like, getting a bid is what lets you rush. Rush. Is that it? But that doesn't mean necessarily that you're in, because you still have to survive rush week. And then – you know, the whole initiation process happens. Gotcha. I wasn't sure what stage the bids come. Mm. So we then go to pledge night and all the the young prospective Kappas have their little Kappa shirts on. And Sydney overhears a group of girls talking about the hottest guy on campus. And she's like, who's the hottest guy on campus? They're talking about Tyler, of course. And Sydney's like, Oh yeah, I actually met him the other day. He seemed really nice. And Christy's like, um, he's off limits. He's Rachel's boyfriend. <sighs> They're off right now, but they'll be on again any minute. Yeah, any minute. <laughs> it's only been 10 years. Yeah. It's only been since they were literally 12. But apparently it's all part of Rachel's 20-year plan. He'll be a senator, she'll be a top litigator. It's so romantic. And Sydney's like, yeah, if there's anything that's romantic, it's a 20-year plan. Am I right, ladies? So Katie then asks Sydney where her dad works, and she says, oh, mostly on construction sites. And Katie says, oh, my uncle made a mint building malls, so your dad's a developer, too? <sighs> and Sydney clearly feels, like, insecure or, I guess, like, embarrassed about the fact that she doesn't come from money like these girls. And she just kind of goes along with it and says, yeah, something like that. This is going to come back to bite her later. Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: So that night, Rachel and the Kappas tuck the pledges into their sleeping bags and sing this creepy little lullaby. They're like, good night, sweet Kappa, little pledge. pledge." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But a few hours later, (laughs) Rachel comes in just brutally interrupting their circadian cycle (laughs) and blasting air horns. It's 12.01. Welcome to hell, skanks. So the hazing here is alive and well. Mm-hmm. Rachel tells them for their first week of a pledge enlightenment, they aren't allowed to say hazing
0: because now it's bad. I don't know about you, but I feel like when we were in like middle school and high school, people always talked about like hazing yeah. with Greek life. I specifically remember I had a copy of Seventeen magazine in middle school and there was an entire article about like the dangers of hazing and i thought that it was like wow an epidemic i was like this is the biggest deal yeah in on the college world. campuses right now <laughs> yeah i was like this is so awful i can't believe they do this and i thought that like that happened to literally everyone they go to college and i mean like whether or not you're in yeah. greek life i was just oh, well cuz i just assumed the way that the article is written that everybody goes to do greek life and that everybody gets hazed and it's like this horrible horrible thing which i mean obviously hazing is bad it's a bad thing to do
1: well i do think that when we were younger like not when we were going to college mm-hmm. but when we were in middle school hazing was actually like a huge thing because i think people had died from it Yeah. Because I remember the same thing or like even just my dad being like hazing is like messed up and like Mm -hmm. but it was also like my father when I went to high school Mm -hmm. was like if they ever try to do anything like this like you need to tell us and kind of like freaked me out with these like I guess it was like you could just call it bullying, right? Because I don't, That's I don't know if hazing is, is specifically for Greek life. Yeah, but like the level of ha- of hazing mm-hmm. type of bullying. Um, so I don't know, like if you went to college in, I guess this is two thousand seven to two yeah. thousand like twelve ish, like. What's a good bro? Like did you survive hazing? What happened? Did you have were you hazed? Yeah. Did you know people who were
0: hazed? Yeah, I I can imagine that this movie is probably not the most accurate depiction of Greek life. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, I do wonder what it was like because we just didn't go to a school that had a big Greek life presence at all. Like Yeah. We knew some people that were in sororities and stuff, but it seemed very chill. Yeah, for the most part. Well, I do know some people who were in fraternities. Yeah, who were hazed. Mm. But yeah, I know that. Um, like to give you a picture of what Greek life is like at NYU, one of the frats was like a film frat, where was for all like so film <laughs> lovers. So that tells you what kind of Greek life. Yeah. I had. <laughs> but anyways, um. We can continue on (laughs) with this. (laughs) So they have their first task, which
1: is the date dash. They have until 1215, so essentially 14 minutes, to find a date and meet at the diner. All the girls sprint out of the house and start grabbing men. Sydney is the last one left on the sidewalk when she hears a sneeze erupt from the bushes. So this turns out to be Lenny. And Sydney helps Lenny out, picks up his medicine. Turns out he dove for cover when the Kappas were running towards him. And she realizes that he is a guy (laughs) and asks, yeah, like, what? You're a man? And asks what he's doing tonight. He's like, just, you know, waiting for this antihistamine to take effect. (laughs) And she's like, I need you to be my date. Let's go. And drags him
0: toward the diner. Yeah. So they make it to the diner just in time before the 15 minutes is up. Rachel is pissed. And while all the other girls are eating salad, Sydney is eating pie because she's not like the other girls. She then asks Lenny about the vortex. She's like very interested in this place. Mm -hmm. And he says that it's like a haven for people who don't have anywhere else to go. You know, a lot of us make people uncomfortable. Some of us wet the bed. Some of us wet the hallway, (laughs) which I thought was funny. Oh, my God. He then says that all of them are outsiders. And Sydney says she knows what that's like. And Lenny is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're a Kappa Pledge. (laughs) You're like very conventionally beautiful and a sorority girl like don't talk to me about being an outsider <laughs> but she really is like yes she's not like the other girls yeah so rachel then asked to speak to all the pledges privately and says that their next task is the date dash ditch and this year's unsuitable date belongs to.
1: Hmm. Who could it be? Sydney.
0: Who? C- yeah. <laughs>
1: hmm. Oh, was it Dinky?
0: Was it this chick? Um, um, we're going to go with Sydney. Yeah. And Sydney's like, no, like, my guy's really nice. And I dragged him all the way down here. And he has all these, like, medical issues. He thinks he <laughs> has glaucoma. <laughs> yeah. He, she's like, his athlete's foot is flaring up. Yeah. And, <laughs> Oh my gosh, and Rachel. he has a sinus infection. Yeah, but Rachel says that if being a Kappa is important to her, then this is the price she pays. And Sydney does do it, which like was kind of surprising to me that she gives in so yeah. easily. But I guess like she, it's more so about connecting with her mom. That's why she's doing all of this.
1: Yeah, I'm like at any point where she, I'm. This is like me as the audience member, but yeah. at any point was she like? whoa my mom was a mega bitch
0: (laughs) yeah i was thinking that too i was like maybe her mom like wasn't the nicest gal if this is the kind of shit that she was into but i think the movie is trying to say that like all of this mean girl stuff is rachel's doing in her reign and that's like not what the sisterhood is actually about so i think they're trying to say that you know it wasn't like this when her mom was around but i'm like sororities do have a reputation for some of the people not being very nice so Uh, yeah and it was
1: even if it wasn't super mean it was definitely always like a very elite sorority
0: for sure Mm -hmm. so sydney goes back over to lenny and she's like hey i need you to meet me in the girl's bathroom it's a pledge ritual and lenny is like excited because he thinks it's like they're going to hook up or something. He's like, I've never been touched by a woman. Yeah. goes to the bathroom. Aw.
1: <sighs> so Lenny is waiting in the bathroom only to then be attacked by an older woman calling him a pervert, and he <sighs> rushes back out, but oh no, he is alone and also now has to pay the bill.
0: <sighs> That's the worst part is... Beyond the public humiliation. The monetary loss. Yeah. (laughs) The financial devastation of having to pay for dinner for what? Like 20 people?
1: Right. But although they were probably eating like one leaf
0: of lettuce per person. But who knows what the guys were eating? Yeah. Just like buffalo wigs (laughs) and hamburgers. Grand slam. Daddy's grand slam breakfast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love how in this movie amanda by single-handedly changes like
0: diet culture. everyone's like eating
1: disorders <laughs> yeah. in this in like the like, cafe house she's like breakfast is the most important meal <laughs> of the day and they're like oh, oh my, my god, god you're right you're right <laughs> i'm like yeah it's that easy
0: that's how it works there's no latent trauma that needs no, to be unpacked no it's not like it could is like a disease essentially that needs, you know, a lot of assistance from a nutrition and a therapist to help one get through. <laughs> it's actually quite simple, you see. All they need is the smell of bacon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I um
1: finished Jeanette McCurdy's book last night. Oh yeah. How was it? It was really good. I really enjoyed it. I think that you would like it. Cause it's interesting to have insight into I mean you did like, some child acting mm-hmm. when you were younger. Um, but her perspective is just, like, so interesting because she, like, was very famous for My Carly. She never wanted to act. Yeah. And also, like, there's also, like, a lot of mention of eating disorder and mm-hmm. OCD and stuff in it that she has to, like, overcome. And it was just, like, really shocking because I loved iCarly. Yeah. And seeing, like, what was actually going on behind the scenes makes me never want to watch a show with child actors in it again. Right. Because it is so sad what she had to go through at such a young age.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard, like, it's so good. My roommate is reading it right now. um, Oh, yeah. So maybe I'll I'll borrow it when she's done. But it's been on my list for a long time, so. Yeah.
1: I think it's worth the read. I was skeptical because I'm always skeptical of, like, celebrity memoirs. But, yeah, it's really good. Mm.
0: Wow. Where, what are we talking about? What's happening? We're in poli-sci. this movie.
1: It's a bad movie.
0: <laughs>
1: I read this as poli class, and I was like, oh, poli sign. Yeah. I was a theater major.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sydney is in her political science lecture, mm-hmm. and the professor is talking about how afraid the founding fathers were of Dimechia. Direct... Dem- Demect democracy. Leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> yes. Apparently, this is
1: also the only professor at the university.
0: <laughs> yes. he is the only, He's teaching all the classes. He's running he's all involved the in community <laughs> events. Exactly. <laughs> so, he then calls on Embele, who is snoring, and Embele wakes up from his slumber to give an eloquent answer on... How they were afraid that it would do to America what it did to Rome. And Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton even advocated for a monarchy. And I was like, is that true? Like, I've seen Hamilton. That Alexander doesn't seem Hamilton. true. And I looked it up and it is true. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but. Yeah, what's his name was like, I'm actually going to really pick and choose what I talk about in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they fought against the monarchy and nothing else happened after period. that. <laughs> <laughs> period. And that's on
1: period. Yeah.
0: so the professor says that we're trained to believe that the more power the people have the better and asks for reasons why that isn't necessarily true and then terrence who has apparently been at this school for eight years and is literally like mouthing every word to this lecture because he's Mm -hmm. taken this class probably eight years in a row raises his hand but the professor is like hey let's give someone else a chance to answer so, Rachel then says that most Americans don't educate themselves on the issues. And there are some valid arguments for keeping things a little more elite. Maybe even an What a generic oligarchy. answer. Mm-hmm. I know.
1: Yeah, maybe even an oligarchy, yeah. people are saying. <laughs> and I'm Many like, are it, is, <laughs> it is basically run mm-hmm. by an oligarchy yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But
0: they were a little more hopeful in
1: 2007. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's an episode of um, New Girl, which I'm now, like, mm. watching, where Justin Long is, like, seen crying because he cheated on his girlfriend. Mm. But he's, like, they, someone walks in and they're, like, why are you crying? And he's, like, I just found out about the electoral college. <laughs> like, it's just, like, your vote doesn't really matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I forgot that Justin Long is on New Girl. Twice. Yeah, and, like, mm. a reoccurring role. Yeah. yeah. So the professor then, after this lovely response from Rachel, calls on mm-hmm. Sydney to ask what she thinks, and she's like, "Um, well, I think that that's underrating the masses a little bit, and also overestimating the elites. I mean, apartheid was an oligarchy, and nobody wants that again." And the professor is like, "Excellent take, Miss White. Top of the mm-hmm. class." My star pupil. Mm-hmm. But Rachel is pissed. Also, they're trying to show like just how smart Cindy is that she's a freshman and she's already in a two hundred one class.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, none of her like being very intelligent really translates into no what happens. It's like more reliant on her leadership skills, mm-hmm. like what she does later in the film. So. I don't know. I feel like they tried to make her, she's like very nice and she's smart. Mm -hmm. She's not like the other girls. And I was like, but you're not really giving her a personality. No, No, So we go back to the hazing rituals. They're doing jumping jacks and answering kappa trivia. There's a really big emphasis on them being, like looking a certain way. So there's like exercising. And at one point, Dinky has to answer a question about I think where their founder was born. Yeah, and Sydney helps her by like she's like little rock, like tiny like rocking motion, <laughs> and Dinky is like Little Rock, Arkansas. And Rachel obviously sees this, yeah, um, but she like doesn't say anything. And the pledges are either not eating or barely having anything for breakfast. And I guess the other meals as well. But mm-hmm. Sydney has a full plate. She has some like waffles and eggs and bacon and da da da. And she's like, "Oh, does anyone want anything? Like breakfast, is the most important meal of the day." And someone's like, "I'll have a waffle." Like just so like desperate for nutrition. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, like help yourself. Like let's like just breakfast is bring good. In light. <laughs> yeah, she literally she's like, "Breakfast is good." <laughs> And uh, Rachel inspects everyone's appearances with a huge magnifying mirror. Yeah. And as they come up, they're like, she's like, here are some tweezers. Um, You better – Your pores are huge. Like, <laughs> yeah, get your highlights done. Mm-hmm. And then Sydney comes up and she's like, why don't you just keep looking exactly like that? And yeah. it almost stings worse than the other ones. Yeah. And she's just, like, really taken aback by this.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: in the next scene, we do see all the girls have started eating
0: breakfast. And just like that, diet
1: culture destroyed. <laughs> destroyed. Hammer. Mm-hmm. The girls also get woken up in the middle of the night to clean the beta bathrooms. And, like, ugh. Gross. Cleaning a men's bathroom is disgusting. Yeah. After they're done, Sydney actually runs into Tyler and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. That was probably really tough. And Sydney's like, oh, it's okay. I spend a lot of time in bathrooms. Not that I spend more than a normal amount of time in the bathroom. I spend a, like the usual amount of time in the bathroom. But Rachel comes over and she's like, we need to get back to the house. So Sydney is like relieved to scurry off because she was incredibly nervous. Mm-hmm. But Rachel's like, oh, we had to give her a bid. And Tyler's like, she's cool and cute. And I'm like, Tyler, you're putting a target on this woman's back.
0: Do you not know what Rachel's going to do to her for that comment?
1: Right. Yeah. She's going to poison
0: her. (laughs) Exactly. So we then go back to the library, uh, Spanky and Gherkin. I cannot believe that these are their names. What are these names? (laughs) Gherkin? Spanky? I'm like, your your government name is Spanky? Yeah, like I'm looking at the wikipedia there's no other name listed for him spanky is in like quotes so it's obviously a nickname we don't know what his actual name is though but gherkin is gherkin's name and it's also not spelled like gherkin the the other word for pickle it's spelled g-u-r-k-i-n well i think
1: when he at the end when it's like i'm a dork spanky stands up and he's like my real name is oh yeah and i'm a virgin right right <laughs> i was like why would you say that
0: <laughs> so yeah we we're, with we're spanky and gherkin they're in the library arguing about whether pirates are cooler than ninjas while sydney is returning some books and the librarian is like wow i must say i'm impressed We don't get a lot of pledges in here studying. And I'm like, all right, we get it. She's not like the other girls. She's smart. And Sydney's like, well, yeah, they probably don't have a scholarship to maintain. And that's when she notices Lenny sitting with the Vortex guys. So she goes over and she starts to apologize for what happened in the bathroom. And Spanky's like, what, what did she do in the bathroom? Um, But Lenny says, you know, it wasn't exactly surprising behavior for a Kappa. And he starts packing his bags to leave. And as he walks out, Sydney yells after him that if it makes him feel better, they threw baloney at us while we sang Celine Dion songs. And everybody in the library laughs. Demoralizing.
1: Yeah. Rachel tells the pledges that tomorrow is their presence dance where they will introduce the new pledge class. The current sisters will pass down their presence gowns to the new pledges because, after all, we're all size two, except you, Amy. (sighs) Yeah. God. And just like that, the diet culture is back. (laughs) But Rachel then draws a name to pass down the best gown, and, of course, she
0: drew Sydney. Mm-hmm. Much to her chagrin. I'm like, at what point do they retire the gowns, though? Because, like, things go out of fashion. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, because if everybody is always passing the gowns down, then you're never getting new gowns. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I thought they were going to be, like, more Cotillion-esque. Mm. But they look kind of, like, meh. It's promy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we go to Rachel's walk-in closet. She's looking through. She also, as soon as she steps in, like, there's an automatic perfume sprayer <laughs> that sprays <laughs> Chris. Yep. Um, but, yeah, she's looking through her closet, and that's when an alert on her computer goes off. And she's like, hey, Christy, you should check your standing. I'm sure you've cracked the top 20 by now. And Sydney asks, you know, what this is. And Rachel's like, oh, it's nothing. It's just like the school's hot or not list on MySpace. Like, it's just some dumb list. And Sydney's like, yeah, that does sound dumb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fucking (laughs) stupid stupid as hell. Um, Yeah. That's some lame people just log on all day and vote for themselves. And Katie's like, no, we don't. You can only vote once a day. Rachel is still number one, of course. And she's like, oh, am I? <laughs> that's so oh, sweet. What a surprise. You know, I mean, it's darling. It's always been that way. You know, people just like to stick to the status quo. So new people never make it on. But a new person has made it on the list. Sydney is number 213. What? Rachel is livid. And she goes back to her closet and picks out a black dress for Sydney. And she's like, oh, this is perfect. It practically screams number 213. Just so fucking rude.
1: Yeah. Just giving her like – and the thing is, she looks good in the gown. Yeah. But she absolutely chose it because it's like black. It's dark. Like, it's not like some really like poppy, no. pretty like
0: – Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. She then answers a phone call from Tyler, and she really hands it up. She's like, oh, my God, you're so bad. Sorry, girls. I have to take this. Kicks them out. He's probably like, hey, so, like, for the Greek Life Center. she's like, oh, my God, stop, Tyler. You're so bad. (laughs) Yeah. She's so cringe. Yeah.
1: So we cut to the presence dance. Is it presence? Like, P R E N like they're like they're presenting them. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. The presents. Presents. So the presents dance begins and it's very debutante-esque as the girls go down the stairs when their names are called and we get to Sydney. Tyler is in awe. And they meet at the bottom of the stairs. My favorite
0: trope, girl walking down the stairs in the beautiful gown, boy Mm -hmm. in awe. We need to get you like a venue Mm -hmm. whenever
1: you get married so that like you have to walk down the stairs to get to the aisle. That
0: would be clutch. Absolutely. I was literally – I fell into like a rabbit hole the other day of just like looking at how much weddings cost because I saw a TikTok of somebody like breaking down how much they're micro wedding of like 30 people 30 or 50 people something like that costs, and it still costs like $30,000 and I was like okay
1: that's insane like you can have a wedding for less than that
0: yeah but then I started looking at like the cost of different venues in New York like the venue that I've always wanted to get married at and I'm like yeah oh it's so expensive to get married and this doesn't even include like the dress or yeah all the other things that surrounded like invitations and i was just like damn will i ever be able to get married outside of a courthouse maybe not not in this economy it doesn't seem like so
1: i know i'm like do i have to my my next like priority in the next 10 years Mm -hmm. is to buy a house yeah so i'm like i cannot be fucking putting away money for a wedding yeah
0: like, this is so much. Yeah. And Matt was like, well, it's fine. Like, we'll just get married at a courthouse and then we'll have a big party. And I was like... No. I want a wedding. <laughs> like, I want to have... I want to walk down an aisle, okay? Like, I want to have that moment yeah. for myself. It's about me. It's not yeah. about you, Matthew. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's about me, me, me. <laughs> but I, I have decided fairly recently, though, that probably... What I want to do is, like, actually get married, like, at the courthouse first, like, in advance. Sure. Um, Just because I've also seen people say that, like, it really takes the pressure off if you actually get married first before your wedding.
1: There's also, like, just generic paperwork stuff that you have
0: to do. Yeah. And that way, like, it's easier to have, like, joint accounts and then you can put all of the wedding costs on, like, a credit card and then use all the points from the credit card for your honeymoon and, like – Ooh. Yeah. That's a hot tip, so definitely do that if you uh, are planning a wedding. But yeah, that way also because I'm not American, like there's all the visa stuff on top of it, so to like get Mm -hmm. the ball rolling on that kind of stuff, it's a whole thing. But anyways, um, yeah, weddings are expensive Mm -hmm. is the moral of the story. And for sure, perhaps I will not be getting married at the Prospect Park Boathouse. Don't let the dream (laughs) die.
1: (laughs) What if the pod takes off mm. and we're millionaires? <laughs> and I say, we'll
0: take the lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, who knows? I, I really would love to get married at a botanical garden. Mm-hmm. But I don't – yeah, I don't know. I just can't – even if I had the money, yeah, I do – I know for myself, I have such a hard time spending money on stuff. Right. Like that I feel like is – Not necessary. Yeah. So I would be like, oh, if I have this money, like, in liquid cash, I would be, like, down payment on a house for sure.
0: Yeah. Like, for myself, I feel like I don't want to have to – because, you know, there's so much – So many people on TikTok, like, on wedding talk and stuff are like, you have to have this, like, super niche little, like, champagne wall where everybody gets a glass of champagne and figures out what their table is. And I'm like, you don't need that. Like, I'm not. You're not influencing me. That kind of stuff I'm not falling for. And, like, I don't even want to pay a lot of money for, like, florals because I know how much florals are. So like They're my so expensive, I will get
1: florals for you. you be like, I want this flower. That I will go to a floral warehouse <laughs> yeah. and make the bouquets myself.
0: Like I, I'm not yeah. dropping thousands of dollars on flowers. Yeah. Um. So my rationale has always been like, if you get a venue that just like looks really beautiful, then you don't have to spend mm-hmm. all that money on like decorating it.
1: No, for sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So. Anyways, what are we talking about? Where are we? What are we talking about? The Presents Dance. Yeah. So uh,
1: they end up slow dancing together. He asks her to dance. And when
0: I see you smile, smile. I can face the world. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and Tyler's like, okay, Sydney White, you throw a football like Matt Lineart. Tackle frat bathrooms and clean up nicely. And Sydney's like, well, I'm more of a Peyton Manning. Lionheart's a lefty. And Tyler's like, marry me. We get it. We get yeah, it. Yeah, we got it. She's different. <laughs> da, da, da. So she then nervously starts rambling. And I'm like, I feel you. Yeah. It's a rational thing to do. And Tyler says he's starting to think that he makes her nervous.
0: she's like what are you talking about but the time has now come for rachel to pin all the pledges and say congratulations you are now a kappa sister so she goes down the line pins all the girls until she gets to sydney and then she turns to the crowd and says that unfortunately sydney white has exhibited inappropriate behavior unsuitable for a kappa so she brought an unsuitable date to the date dash cheated during a pledge quiz and revealed a secret pledge ritual to the entire library and on top of that she also lied about her background we all know your dad is actually a plumber and i'm like listen plumbers make excellent money so do not be turning a nose up on that
1: yeah they're having like a decent life yeah She got a scholarship because she's smart, Mm -hmm.
0: but anyways. So she then dismisses Sydney from the pledge class and says she doesn't know what her mother got away with while she was here, but she will never be a Kappa. And I'm like, that's just straight up nasty. You're talking about her dead mother? Yeah, yeah. Disgusting. She's really rude. So Sydney is like, you know what? Thank you, Rachel, because if this is what sisterhood is all about, then I don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. And she starts walking down the stairs, and Rachel's like, I want that dress back. And Sydney's like, take it. And she just rips it off her body and throws it at her, wearing this, like, cute little slip dress underneath. I was like, that – Yeah. You're looking great. The one time she actually looks good in this movie. <laughs> yeah, when she destroys her fluffy, froofy dress. Mm-hmm. And she walks out in her little slip. Yes.
1: So – The rain is falling down, but no one is coming clean. Sydney leaves the Kappa house with her bags in hands. And meanwhile, the boys are playing poker and betting various nerd memorabilia in the vortex. George, who doesn't even understand the game, manages to get a full house. And apparently, we learn at this moment, the one thing keeping George from Graduating from junior tiger guide to just tiger guide is the not tying badge. And we see that he still has Velcro sneakers. Meanwhile, Gherkin is working on another entry for his blog, peoplespunisher.com. And Terrence is doing an experiment on mice. Then Mbele wakes up for the day, grabs his bag, and is about to go outside when he closes the door back up and says... Outside, a lady waits. She wears jean pants and looks very sad. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Spanky's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get to hit on a girl. Then they realize it's Sydney. So Lenny grabs his yellow raincoat and goes outside. Sydney is just sobbing in the rain, looking at her mom's old cap pin And she tells Lenny he was right about the whole Kappa thing. She'll get off their curb. And he asks if they really made them sing Celine Dion songs. And she's like, yes. And he's like, do you need a place to stay?
0: His accent is so thick in this movie. It's like a New York Christopher Walken kind of impression that he's doing. (laughs) He's like, do you have a place to stay? It's so, like, hammed up. Because, like, I've seen him in other stuff and he doesn't sound like that. So I don't know what he's doing in this movie, but...
1: Yeah, I feel like it's, like, a young Bernie Sanders Mm. situation almost. Yeah. I feel like, and this is, like, fucked up, but I feel like they were, like, you're, like, an asthmatic Jewish guy. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the direction they gave him. They were, like, Mm -hmm. we need you to play this
0: caricature. Yeah, exactly. Just like that review says, like, they just are, like, how many... Ethnic stereotypes can we fit into one movie, and those will be the jokes. Yeah. So we go inside the vortex, and Lenny explains to the boys that Sydney needs a place to stay because she gave up her dorm to pledge Kappa. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: You just don't get a place to stay, and you don't even know if you made it into the sorority yet. Right. That's
0: fucking risky as hell. I would not give up that dorm room until that pin was on my goddamn chest. Yeah, But, yeah, she then meets all the Vortex residents. Like, clearly they're not used to being around girls. Um, The Vortex members are all supposed to be the seven dwarves. So, Lenny is Sneezy, Terrence is Doc, Jeremy is Bashful, Gherkin is Grumpy, Spanky is Happy, which I guess in this movie just means horny, Um, George (sighs) is Dopey, and Embele is Sleepy. So Spanky, like, as she's meeting everybody, Jeremy is like, oh, don't forget about me through his puppet. And Spanky explains to Sydney that Jeremy is shy. And as a kid, a therapist recommended a puppet and it stuck. So he actually only talks through his puppet, Scoozer. Then there's a hole in the wall that lights on fire. And Mbele just, like, very casually wakes up from his slumber once again to put it out with the fire extinguisher next to him. Goes back to sleep. Uh, turns out he's a foreign student from Nigeria who has never recovered from jet lag. He's been here for three years. hmm And then George helps Spanky bring Sydney's bags upstairs to her new room. Yes. So Sydney is staying in their
1: attic, and Lenny comes upstairs, and he's like, it can be a little spooky up here, so I brought you my Scooby-Doo nightlight. It's gotten me through some uh,
0: pretty tough times. That was so sweet. Like I just had yeah. when that happened, I had a vision of, you know, how this scene came to be where Lenny's like in his room and he's like, you know, I should bring her that nightlight, like, you know, just to make her feel more comfortable. And I'm like, that's so thoughtful and sweet. Yeah. I mean, like going to get it, and bring it upstairs to her. It's
1: a very gentle, yeah. gentle
0: boy. So
1: Sydney thanks him and Lenny notices her comic book collection. She's a nerd just like them. Oh my God, who would have thought? Wow. Women don't like comic books. No, they don't have interests or hobbies. That's crazy. Right. He says that she must be pretty tired and she's like, Yeah, public humiliation can be pretty tiring. And Lenny's like, I know. And Sydney thanks him for everything. And Spanky comes up in, like, this Hugh Hefner-esque robe and asks if she needs anything. And Lenny shoves him out and tells Sid that Spanky really likes girls, but he doesn't know many. You know, but he keeps himself happy. <laughs> and he tells her that most of the guys here don't really have much experience with girls. Cut to them all in the bathroom, just ogling Sidney's sports bra, hanging from, like, the towel. Tout- the, um, curtain rod because i guess she like probably hand washed it yeah and terrence however is just like very much analytical anthropology mode and he's like oh yes the sturdy breathable fabric is designed to maintain mammary elasticity
0: Whenever i hear the word mammary i think of this like one interview with harry styles when he was like 16 years old is it like a third nipple thing? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> he actually he has four nipples, though. But, yeah, there was, like, this interview where they were asking all the One Direction boys, like, what their favorite word is for boobs. And he, like, very confidently goes, mammary, And then tells this story about how he was in Spain and he had bought, like, a rubber boob at some sort of, like, stand somewhere. And then he ended up throwing it in a lake and then... A dog went into I hate the lake, and a dog went into the lake and like fished it out. And somebody walking by was like, oh, "That dog's got a memory," and that's how he knows what that word is. So I always think of that whenever <laughs> I hear that word. There are so many things wrong with this story that you just told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that night, Sydney plugs in the little nightlight, and she calls her dad. He's like, oh, hey, how was the big dance? But she doesn't have the heart to tell him what happened. So she's just like, the dance was great. You know, it's all very exciting. And he says that he's sure her mom is right there taking it all in with her. And Sydney says that's what she keeps thinking. So they say goodnight, and she wipes her tears and goes to bed (laughs) Full, full, full face of makeup There is so much frosted eyeshadow And mascara On those lids Yeah The bed when she's waking up? Orange Orange
1: Yes, so The morning after Sydney moves in She walks down the stairs And her foot just promptly falls through one of the stairs She tells the boys that this house is a death trap And suggests repairing it But Lenny's like, don't start. And Gherkin says it's systematic Greek oppression. The Greeks run the student council and the student council dictates all budget appropriations. And that's when Terrence tells her that over 80% of the student funding has gone to the Greek system. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds illegal. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sid asks why everyone on this campus is fine with letting Rachel Witchburn run their lives. And George is like, well, she's kind of scary. And I'm like, this is one person. Mm -hmm. Like, you're all
0: just placating her. Yeah, this one 21-year-old. Power to the people, babes. Mm -hmm. Later on campus, Amy goes up to Rachel and she's like, oh, my God, Rachel, my new diet is working. I lost five pounds. And while Amy is walking away, Rachel is like, Yeah, I think your ass found it. Like, very nasty. Why do we have to keep this in the movie? Tyler then sees Sydney and runs up to her, clocked by Rachel. And he's like, hey, I'm going to talk about last night. And Sydney's like, oh, yeah, when your girlfriend humiliated me, good times. But Tyler says that Rachel isn't his girlfriend and not everyone on Greek Row is like her. Meanwhile, Rachel is listening from afar and absolutely livid. Mm -hmm. He asks Sydney for a chance to prove it to her. She then sees a table of uh, people asking for signups for the student council, and she's like, actually, I'm kind of busy juggling seven guys at the moment, so I have to go. She then goes over (laughs) to the student council table and asks for seven applications. Mm -hmm. So Rachel
1: and her lackeys are sunbathing on some random dock, and – I mean, we know the movie is shot in Florida, but it almost like when I was watching it, I was like, is this L.A.? Like, is this West Coast? Is this East Coast? But it just be Florida. Southern Atlantic? Yeah, Southern Atlantic. So Yeah. But they're on this dock in wherever. And some guy like cannonballs off the dock. Obviously, they get wet. And Rachel tells them they won't have to deal with the peasants. (sighs) <sighs> Much longer because when the vortex is torn down, the Greek center will be built. Then she hears her phone ding and checks the hot or not board. Sydney is now in 21st place. So wow,
0: she's made quite the impression.
1: Yeah, she's catching up. And Rachel just starts freaking out. One of the girls is like, Rachel, try using your soothing words. And she's like, Prada. Gucci, Chanel, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. And ends up shoving the guy that cannonballed earlier just like into the water. Yeah. I hate this. I hate the like (laughs)
0: Prada Gucci Chanel. It's just the writing is so lazy.
1: I love when men are like, this is a woman. Yeah. This is what This
0: is what women are like. College aged women are like. Did a man write this movie? I guess I assumed I can double check. Someone named Chad wrote this movie. There you go. Chad Gomez Creasy. Well, Chad, I would say not your finest work, but I don't know what <laughs> else you've done. You do not have a Wikipedia yeah. page. Maybe
1: I can find it on IMDb. Pushing Daisies. Isn't that like a good show? I mean, it it ran for... Oh, he only wrote for two episodes. Oh. Okay. Um, NCIS, New Orleans. He did 107 episodes. He's mostly a producer. Oh, so he has money, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wrote seven episodes oh, of p- Castle. producer,
0: producer. Yeah. Did. He yeah, also yeah. wrote the film Legally Blondes.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Starring those twins that everyone was trying to make famous. He wrote... Uh, oh,
1: st- he was a staff writer on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, and that seems to be mm. – it um, has, like, good root, good stars or whatever. Yeah. So, so not a great
0: writer. Yeah, so this may, in fact, be his best work. Yeah, right? So Sydney goes back to the Vortex and tells the boys that she figured out how to get the house fixed – They're going to sign up and run for student council, all seven of them. So the boys burst out laughing and are like, you're fucking sick in the head. You think we're going to do that? But she's like, no, I'm serious. Like, we run on a ticket and take over the student council. But Terrence. How hard would that be? Yeah. But Terrence says that no non-Greek has won a student council election since 1992. That's crazy. Which is over a decade at this point when the movie comes out. So, Sydney is like, Yeah, well, look where that's gotten us as a ceiling tile falls on George. And I'm like, This boy is so small, that could kill him. <laughs> but, Sydney tells them that they've taken enough of their abuse and she'll be the campaign manager and be with them every step of the way. So, Spanky is in. And Sydney asks the rest of them if they really want to spend the rest of their college years locked up inside this crap hole, disenfranchised and powerless. And she asks, what if the Avengers gave up when the Black Knight sprayed New York with that foam that left everybody stuck to the ground? No, no. With the help of a criminal glue specialist, they freed everyone. I'm your criminal yeah. glue specialist. <laughs> So she asks, who's running for president? And they all say, not it. Terrence is the last one. So he now, by default, has to run for president. And Sydney says, let's get started. Yes. So, of course, we get a montage.
1: And we hear Revolution by the Veronicas. We're making posters. And Gherkin actually comes up with the Freedom of the Seventh Power poster is like a fist and we see uh sydney adding in the boys as cartoon characters on the poster
0: not only is she smart not only does she have interest in hobbies, she also is apparently an incredible artist yes,
1: a cartoonist yeah she also sets up an alarm clock for Mbale so that he can get up earlier then she fixes the sink shows george how to tie his shoes they hug. She's like, please, not too close. Um, Sydney shaves her legs in the bathroom, and Terrence comes in. But she's fully in a towel, and she's like, oh, hi. And he just puts a hand over his eyes and bangs into the door frame and runs away. Finally, they put up the posters for their campaign, and then we see Sydney um, adjusting Ambele's alarm clock again.
0: Wow. So... Next step in socializing these young boys, she brings all the Vortex members to the gym. She's like, you know, people work out here. You can work off some of those donuts, maybe even talk to a few people. They're pretty hesitant. And Sydney asks what else they'd be doing on a Saturday afternoon. And Lenny is like, well, that's usually when we play fantasy video games and then reenact them. And then we see a lovely little flashback of them LARPing in the Vortex. And Sydney's like, hmm, tempting. I think we're going to stick with this. So Lenny picks up some two-pound weights but tells Sydney he can't do it. He thinks he may have muscular dystrophy. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, well, that's a birth defect, and these are two pounds, sir. Meanwhile, some other boys try and help Terrence uh, with a bar with, like, two very, very small weights on it. And Bella uses the elliptical and – Sydney's like, wow, like, where'd you get all this energy from? He's like, I just woke up an hour ago. This is amazing. <laughs> we see Spanky doing some crunches on a big bouncy ball when he looks over at a woman and tries to like roll over and get a closer look at her and hit on her. And she's uh, not into it. And that's when on the TV, an ad comes on about Rachel Witchburn and how she's running for student council president. It looks like a professional campaign ad. It's crazy. And the ad says, yeah. you know, we should reelect Rachel Witchburn because she made so much progress last year for Greek life. And Cindy's like, who would fall for that? Go over to sweet baby George who's clapping. And she's just like, George, <laughs> no, no, we don't clap for this one. So Rachel
1: is applying a face mask and then hears her computer ding. So she walks over to check out the hot or not list sydney is now number two (gasps) right so rachel's of course furious again and so she says her little mantra prana gucci chanel armani and then just like blows up and screams
0: i was thinking like oh wouldn't it be a fun little twist if like The reason that Rachel is so rich and, like, has all these clothes and stuff is because she's, like, embezzling money from the sorority and the student council. Yeah. That would have been interesting, but that's not what happens. Yeah. She's just a rich gal. So we then go to the football game. There's, like, a tailgate going on outside the stadium, and Sydney and the boys have their little booth. They're promoting Freedom to the seventh power. But Lenny is like, Yeah, I don't think we're making much of an impression. And Sydney is like, Yeah, I was worried about that, but I got a plan. She then pulls out a megaphone and yells, Free drinks. Suddenly, there's a huge lineup of people at their table. And she's like, Who wants a burger? And I guess starts grilling.
1: <laughs> and
0: she, you know, encourages the boys to socialize. They start serving the students and like they're actually making progress. There's a lot of people around and that's when Dinky comes up to say hi to Sydney and we see that her hair is straightened. She is, you know, conforming to the Kappa expectations and beauty standards, which means no more of that Southern hair. Sad. She, you know, says hi and apologizes for what happened and Sydney tells her that it's okay. And she asks how life is as a Kappa. And Dinky's like, it's good. It's clearly not. And that's when Lenny goes up to Sydney and asks if uh, which burger is his. And she's like, yeah, the gross looking green one. That is your gluten free soy patty. And Dinky asks if they have any extras. And he's like, oh, my God, are you allergic to gluten, too? And she's like, "All my life. It's so hard to find a decent gluten free soy patty. And he says, well, this is your lucky day because these are sensational. So they have a cute little moment. There's a little flirt flirt. They shake hands. But that's when Rachel comes up and is like, um, Dinky, we're over there. So she then looks at Sydney and says, wow, Sydney, it's nice to see that you found some people to fit in with. And Sydney's like, yeah, it is nice. If only there was a place where superficial materialistic bitch fit in. (laughs) Oh, wait, there is. So Rachel tells her that it's so cute, you know, having her little friends run for student council. And Cindy says it is cute and it'll be even cuter when we win. Mm Hmm. Rachel gathers
1: her girls and leaves and Dinky tells Sid it was nice seeing her. And she's also like, oh, you too, Lenny. Because they have this connection over their celiac (laughs) and other allergies. And
0: apparently that's enough in this movie.
1: Yeah, that's all you need. (laughs) So after Dinky leaves, Sydney is like, Lenny, do you realize that she was flirting with you? And he's like, What? No way. Um and then we like immediately don't investigate that at all. But we go to <laughs> another area in the tailgate where some guys are just going through the crowd and they're like, who's going to win today? Shark, shark, sharks. But when they get to Terrence, he's like, oh, actually, today is quite windy. And the wind vector does have a an effect on the calf skin. And, and, and their will. fumble ratio. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And he just explains why they're going to lose. And he suspects that they will lose in the double digits. And these guys are like, okay, what a weirdo freak. But also, I think I need to change my bet. <laughs> and then one of them realizes he's like, oh, wait, I graduated with that guy. Hmm. hmm. So Rachel overhears this and smiles. And as the seventh power is campaigning, someone ends up throwing a frisbee their way, which startles everyone, even Sydney. But Sydney's like, okay, someone, you know, pick it up and throw it back. So George picks it up um, and throws it, which ends up hitting Rachel in the head.
0: <laughs> really hard, too. It's like
1: a big thunk sound when it yeah. hits her head. They said um, the fully work for this will be going sicko mode.
0: Mm -hmm. So we then go to the library. Sydney is studying away at her little study carol when she notices an engraving on her desk, Deb Lee, 1980. It's her mom. What are the odds? How crazy. So Sydney is very touched, and she, like, runs her fingers over this etching. And this, like, really beautiful, actually, like, endearing character developing moment is now ruined because <laughs> a, a 18 year old boy drops a red rose on her desk mm-hmm. and starts singing dum, 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 dum. and then one by one more and more boys come over and start dropping red roses and she's like um i think you have the wrong desk but then who comes out of the woodwork but tyler He's singing the song that they dance to at the pre-dance when I see you smile I can face the world and again it's one of those things where if you think that they're hot you're endeared to it and if you don't it's super cringe for me it was landing in cringe especially just like actually imagining myself sitting in that library and having that like happen to me I don't like being sung to no because what do you I do? do like, what do you, as the person being sung to, do? And you can see her. She's like, okay. Yeah. Because you have to, like, kind of, like, bop along. But it's so much focused attention. Ugh. My skin is crawling just thinking about it.
1: It's not pleasant. <laughs> it's just not. Like, to. I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, they give her roses. And then they do, like, a little, like, we sing for a second and then we leave. Yeah. But then... He yeah, comes out. Yeah. And I'm just like
0: – and then it just feels so, like, showboaty. I was surprised that he sang well. Yeah. He does have a really that, nice voice. That was kind of, yeah. like
1: – if I liked him, I'd be like, ooh. Yeah.
0: Apparently all the betas are just beautiful singers, but
1: – And I'm also, like, we never touch on betas, like, recruitment or anything. No. Like, for all we know, betas are also, like – Fucked. Um, <laughs> hazing. Yeah. Or pledges and everything, but yeah.
0: – Yeah. But, I mean – As much as I'm like, oh, this is so cringe, I wouldn't want this, I then think about 10 Things I Hate About You, and I'm like, oh, and you're like, I want it. That worked for me, so it really is just if you like the guy or not, but also in, like, 10 Things I Hate About You, it was, like, silly, and he was, like, far away. Yeah. It's a different vibe, and this is also, like, you're in a library, people are trying to study, I don't know, to each their own, I suppose, but this would ick me out for sure. You got the ick. Yeah. The acapella ick. Mm-hmm. And Sydney asked Tyler if he's lost his mind. And he's like, no, but I will keep singing unless you agree to go out with me. It's just one date. And she says no again. So he's like, when I see – and she's like, okay, okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah, he really, he really
1: like takes it to another level.
0: (laughs) So she's like, okay, fine. You can pick me up at 7, but it's not a date. He's like, done. But dinner served at 5. So he then hands her a rose and tells the beta freshman, nice work, dismissed. And while Tyler's back is turned, she, like, sniffs the rose. And when he turns around, she's like, whatever, rolls her eyes. She is clearly enamored. And then the last moment of the scene was the most relatable to me because we cut to this guy sitting in the back of the library. He does, like, (laughs) the biggest eye roll in the world. (laughs) And that I enjoyed. Yeah. So I'm like, at least they're acknowledging that this is, like – you know a little much yeah
1: so we go to the vortex sydney is preparing for her date and she comes into the room wearing the same outfit she wore for her college interview and she's like i thought this would be a nice first date outfit sydney you're not stupid (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you might have not gone on a date before but you're not like mentally ill yeah and so Spanky's like this is horrible you look like Barbara Walters <laughs> and I was like what a spot on like a reference yeah. yeah what a read <laughs> um, and Gherkin says that she told them it wasn't a date and Sydney's like it's not we're just friends I don't like him like that only occasionally when his shirt is off I have no idea
0: <laughs> I'm like that's Amanda Bynes I know I'm
1: like give her more lines like this like mm. let her shine there are too many characters in this fucking movie exactly yeah <laughs> and spanky tells her that's how it always starts and sid is like okay you guys are no help and lenny asks why she's so nervous she's probably been on plenty of dates before
0: i love how spanky's like oh that's how it always starts first it's like hey we're just friends and then it's like oh you here to fix the copier and i'm like you're watching too much porn yeah
1: yeah, yeah. unplug and then i get stuck in a window and i'm like i'm stuck step step bro yeah um and so sydney's like i don't know if you've figured it out but i'm not exactly the prom queen type i like comic books and i can uh install a shower and i eat bacon okay yeah and i eat breakfast And to be honest, I don't eat breakfast, but it's mostly because I cannot wake up early. I'm sleepy. Exactly.
0: Like, exactly. That's <laughs> why I don't – I love breakfast food. I don't love have the time. It. In this economy, no. who does?
1: No. The only time I eat breakfast is if um, a live-in boyfriend is me. Making- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Um, And so George tells her that she's so pretty oh. and Sid is like, yeah, George is just like very genuine. He's like – but you're, you're
0: so, so pretty, pretty sydney. Aww.
1: Aww. Is, is he dopey <laughs> yeah yeah and sydney tells him thank you but i've had about as much dating experience as you guys and spanky's like excuse or maybe it's gherkins like excuse me speak for yourself yeah yeah <laughs> so she comes out in a new barbara walters ask outfit and the boys are like, you need something sexy. but And Lenny's like, but warm. Oh. And George is like, purple's pretty. Cute. I'm like, Lenny and George can stay. Yeah. Everyone else, get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Lenny and George, respectful kings. Love them.
1: I I do think Lenny yes.
0: could be a potential respectful king. I candidate. agree. I agree. Because like he obviously is more yeah. of a main character. And we see him interacting with women in a actually romantic way. Where's George? Yeah, George is like a child. Like George is child coded. No, so. for sure,
1: he's like a minor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I feel like if I was dating Lenny mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I have heartburn, he'd be like, Here's the tums.
0: I'm like, he's oh, prepped and ready to go. And he'd be like, Here's some Advil. He's like, I'll bring Do you, you need your need a tampon. Pad. I got you. Yeah. Do you need any feminine products? He even asked Sydney that earlier in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like. <laughs> I I
1: did think it was funny because it's like she just arrived. It's like her first night there, and he's like, "Do you need eighty four tampons? (laughs) Yeah, do you need any more tampons? Are you currently bleeding? Are you free bleeding right now? Oh
0: my god, it's like how when um when they sent the first female astronaut into space, and they were like, we need to send her with eight million tampons, yeah, she has her period.
1: And I guess to be fair, I could see that because. What if she got stuck up there? Right. But at the same time, I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. Read read
0: a singular book about menstruation.
1: I know. I'm like, you know all (laughs) the science, but do you know
0: how the human body works? No. They do not. So the time has finally come for the date. Tyler arrives, and they all just, like, stare him down like dads. And Mm -hmm. Terrence tells him that three quarters of first dates end in disappointment for one or both parties. I hope you beat the odds. (laughs) Gherkin then says, if he tries anything, he will unleash the power of the internet on him and he will register him as a sex offender in all 50 states and Canada. And George says, and I'll kick your ass. I'm like, oh, George, George." that's very (laughs) sweet, but probably impossible. Mm hmm. So, Sydney comes down the stairs in her date outfit. We got two tank tops layered on top of each other, a cardigan, a mini skirt, and some converse. It's... It's giving
1: (laughs) bad... It's giving, like, coals, but not candies. No.
0: Yeah. 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 So, as she comes down the stairs, he's like, wow, you look amazing. (laughs) Habba, habba. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, The fire in the wall starts again So she very like casually extinguishes it And is like thanks And Tyler's like um <laughs> What the fuck was that all about
1: There was just yeah. a fire three You're feet from my face That's <laughs> a
0: trap <laughs> And she's like oh it's nothing Like you should see the plumbing Ha-ha. Then there's like a zapping sound from the ceiling The lights are flickering And Sydney's like oh that's just Terrence You'll get used to it Alright bye guys and Off they mm-hmm. go <laughs> Beautiful.
1: And so we hear A Beautiful Soul by Jesse McCartney playing as they're riding up in his convertible to a church. <gasps> what? And Sid is like, Oh, is your idea of a date to convert me? And he's like, Oh, now it's a date, huh? And mm. she's like, oh. So they walk in.
0: <laughs> she's like, She's like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, just ah. um, like a baby burp. Anyways, they walk in and they're just like a bunch of like older people eating inside. I didn't. I honestly did not realize they were homeless because they dressed um them just in like clothing. Yeah, like they look better be than wearing. Sydney does. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Demolish! Shots fired. Um, and Sydney's like. I had no idea you served meals to the homeless. And Professor Carrollton turns around. Oh, yeah. Here he is again. (laughs) He's involved in everything on this campus. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, Tyler had no choice if he wanted that infraction off his permanent record. And Tyler admits that he and the Betos got into some trouble and a few campus ordinances were given. And he's like, it was more than a few. Nice to see you recruiting some of my best students and referring to sydney because again she's smart we can't mm-hmm. forget yeah so he tells sydney happy to have her and she's like i'm happy to be here so like really good date idea like yeah. sh- she's enjoying herself so far um and after tyler leaves sydney asks professor carrollton if her hours count toward working off tyler's dirty deeds And he's like, oh, well, actually, he fulfilled his requirement last year. We just can't seem to get rid of him. Wow. He's a (laughs) night. Your eyes rolled so hard.
0: (laughs) Your eyes rolled so hard. Oh my God. They almost fall out of my head. Um, Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not enamored with Tyler at all. So. Yeah. He's so
1: average. Like, he's not, he's fine.
0: He's not mean. No, he's like a nice guy.
1: But he's not particularly kind. No. And not particularly like... Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And not particularly hot
0: either. No. He just is not doing it for me. He's missing the it factor. Like the charisma is not there. Yeah. So I'm not feeling drawn to him. And therefore everything that he does, I'm like, whatever. And (laughs) I'm like bringing her to like this homeless shelter on the first date It, again, feels like, oh, like, look at how good of a guy I am. Yeah. Like, it would make more sense on, like, a third date, you know? You've gotten to know them a little better. You can be like, oh, this is something that I like to do sometimes. But on a first date, again, it feels showboaty to me.
1: Well, it's definitely like, oh, you think I'm just a beta, but actually Actually, I do
0: community service. I'm not like the other betas. I'm a good guy. It's like, ugh, okay. We don't don't haze in the betas. We just have sing-offs. Yeah. And we serve meals to the homeless. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, it turns
1: out the Kappas are the only bitches on this campus. <laughs> yeah. Everyone
0: else is, like, nice else and is normal. is very chill. And, like, yeah. the Kappas are like, we're going to fucking kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So after they serve their meals, they bring their little plates up to this roof of the church uh, while stolen by Dashboard Confessional is playing. The sun is setting. It's a very beautiful view. They sit with their plates and Tyler's like, oh, if you look all the way over there, you can almost see Greek row, which is probably the last thing that you want to see right now. And she's like, yeah, you know, I was hoping that being a Kappa would help me connect with my mom since, you know, I didn't get to grow up with her. But Tyler tells Sydney that she doesn't need Kappa and she agrees. She says that she feels close to her just being at the school. So I'm like, that's nice. I'm glad that yeah. there's still something there for her. She then tells him about how she found her name. Carved into her study, Carol. and Which is a word I've never heard before. No, never heard it before this movie. Um, but Tyler's like, oh, no way. And she then asks if he brings all of his first non-dates here. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, sorority girls, we can't get enough of it. And then they go back and forth making fun of the sorority girls being like, Tyler, the place doesn't even have a maitre d'. Tyler, these plastic plates are hurting my hands. Tyler. Mm. I'm like, All right, we're getting into a little bit of pick-me territory here. Yeah, right. But Tyler says that he's the first girl that he's met that he thought would actually appreciate this place. And she says that she does. Even if there was no bathroom attendant, I had to find the faucet myself. And that's Amanda Bynes bleeding through once again. So as the date wraps up, Spanky watches from the balcony as Tyler is dropping Sydney off at home. Uh, All the dudes are also peering through the window to get a good look. Sydney thanks him and says that she had a great time. And then she just kind of like very actively closes her mouth and stands there. And he's like, you're trying so hard to not over talk right now. And she just like nods. So they look at each other and they're slowly leaning in. But this moment is ruined by Spanky falling from the broken balcony. Come on. So, no kiss tonight. Sydney goes back inside and sees, you know, all the boys scramble to sit on the couch, pretend that they weren't spying on her. And she's like, hey, guys, what's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, we were just watching. They look it over, over at the TV. It's, it's sports. It's the football game. And she's like, oh, you're watching the game? Who's playing? And Gherkin is like, <laughs> uh, the St. Louis Gorillas <laughs> She's like, okay, I know that you were spying on me And just for that, I'm not going to tell you about how my date went And they walk upstairs And Spanky, like, stumbles back in Just body broken from falling to his death Off the balcony Yeah He's like, I should probably see a doctor And they just throw a pillow at him So (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha (laughs) Hee hee So,
1: on the other end, Tyler arrives home And who does he find? It's Rachel scaring the absolute daylights out of him, (laughs) sitting in his desk chair. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And she's like, besides reading your boring emails, nothing. That's illegal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Rachel asks why he went out with Sydney. And Tyler's like, I like her. Deal with it. And Rachel's like, I don't care. I only care about the Greek Life Center and Sydney having her goobers run for student council. I'm like, okay, Sarah (laughs) Paxton. And Tyler tells her they don't actually have a shot at winning, and she knows it. He suggests that she just leave them alone. That dump is obviously very important to them. He doesn't understand why anyone would want to live there. It should be condemned, but, like, they can find another location. So, Tyler kicks out Rachel and says – so, Tyler kicks out Rachel and she's like, wow, one date and you're ready to kill the whole deal? And Tyler tells her it was one hell of a date.
0: That was hot the way he said that. I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. But I'm also like, wow, our – I guess young boys are so malleable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like how in um – ever after he has like one kiss with drew barrymore and he's like let's bring democracy yes (laughs) yes exactly i believe in socialism so yeah boys are fickle so we go back to the vortex and the gang is watching the campus like news where they talk about the new student council president candidate terrence from this the power to the seventh party whatever the freedom. freedom to the Seventh Power Party. Yeah. And they're like, oh kind of
1: a, kind of a tongue twister. Yeah, it
0: doesn't really roll off the tongue very well, Sydney. No. But <laughs> um, you know, people are speculating that maybe there may be a change happening in the student council. Mm-hmm.
1: So on campus, some students see a poster for the power, the freedom holy moly. <laughs> for the freedom of the seventh power party. And they're like, hmm, maybe I'll actually vote this year. Then Rachel
0: comes by and just, like, rips the poster down. If I saw that, I'd be like, well, I'm definitely voting this year. (laughs) But we go back to the Kappa house. Rachel storms in and we see all the girls looking very nervous, like, very quickly shutting their laptops when she walks by and christy stops her and she's like oh rachel like which dress should i wear like i have a date tonight she's like i don't care and she's like no no come come into my room help me get dressed but rachel just shoves past her and then katie is like standing in the doorway and she's like Rachel you can't go in there I just farted and she's like gross get out of the way (laughs) Rachel you can't go in there I just laid down the stinkiest nastiest
1: fart I've ever let go of in your room and then I close the door and and then I close
0: the door and put duct tape on the bottom (laughs) so yeah she literally shoves her out of the way walks in and in slow motion we see Katie and Christy tackle Rachel um, Sarah Paxton looks genuinely taken by surprise when this tackle happens. It was pretty <laughs> yeah, good. I'm like uh mm-hmm. so am like she can't act that well. This is <laughs> Craft. So Rachel finally, you know, makes her way out of their clutches, crawls over to the monitor to check the hot or not stats. <sighs> Sydney is number one. So Rachel screams. It's the loudest scream she's ever scrumped. And one of them, one of them's like Rachel. Your soothing words, and she says, "I don't need soothing words." Sydney White must die a social death and take her seven dorks with her. So, mm. all right,
1: <laughs> sure. I'm like so over the movie. Yes, yeah. well.
0: I'm like all right. Let's wrap this motherfucker up. Yeah. Cause like she doesn't even leave the Kappa house until halfway through the movie. Right,
1: right. Which I know because like we took notes on each half of the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, there's like pre-Kappa and post-Kappa. It's exactly and the halfway same point. length <laughs> of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Insane. So we go to the Vortex. And the guys are playing video games when they hear a knock. And they think it's Tyler. But Sid is like, guys, give him a chance. Gherkin, put the paintball gun away. And she lets him in. Tyler asks Sid if she's ready for their date. But she's like, why don't we hang out here at the Vortex and order some pizza? And the guys are like, what What? the fuck? But Tyler actually is like, okay, sounds good to me. So he's amenable. He's ready to make friends. He's not really mean to them ever. Um,
0: Although other betas happen. And he's the president. And I'm like, you set the tone. right? You set the tone, babes. Yep. So
1: he sees the guys playing video games and he's like, oh, are you playing Medal of Honor? And Gherkin's like, no. Medal of Honor is for wussies. It's Gherkin of Honor. (laughs) I made the video game. And I'm like, why are you in school? You don't need a (laughs) degree to be a computer scientist. Mm. But Tyler's like, oh, can I give it a shot? And Gherkin's like, okay. Like, no one's ever won Gherkin of Honor. But he actually ends up kicking his ass. And Gherkin shakes hands and he's like, I'm impressed. None of these other freaks come close to beating Gherkin of Honor.
0: He's not like other boys. He plays video games.
1: But he's like, He literally, his next line is like, "Betas play video games too," and I'm like, "Yeah, guys, every guy Played video games in 2007. Like, there's no, like, maybe in like the 80s you were like a nerd if you were on the computer instead of playing physical
0: football, but
1: like, it's 2007. Yeah,
0: everyone is. Every guy is playing video games. There, you got your Call of Duties. You've got your Dota,
1: I don't know. Grant, I actually don't know when Grand Theft Auto came out. Yeah, it seems like
0: a firmly, you know, 2000s game. But yeah, people were playing video games like they never had before in 2007. So, like, get over yourself, Gherkin. (laughs) Yeah, you're not special.
1: So Spanky is like, oh, I thought you guys just have sex with girls all the time. Oh my gosh. And Tyler's like, we're just regular guys. And Sydney's like, ah, oh, it's like a kid who just found out there's no Santa. And George is like, what? No! And Sydney is <laughs> like, oh, no, uh, there is a Santa Claus. And Tyler invites the guys to, like, come hang out sometime and bring Gherkin of Honor. And he's like, you know what? We're having a party tomorrow night. You guys should come. <gasps> a party? My God. What? who's gonna wear a fedora answer most of them
0: yeah so we go to the party tyler sees the vortex guys he's like hey guys like bars over here and the dj is taking requests and i was like i have never heard of a dj who does that right i'm like how much would you pay them yeah i saw a tiktok recently that was saying that the best djs are women because to be a good dj you have to have like empathy um Because you're supposed to be like reading the energy of a room. So you have to be like aware of other people. And a lot of men don't have that. And they're just like, I'm going to play what I want to hear and don't consider what the room maybe wants to hear. And I was like, that is fascinating. Yeah. But yeah, Terrence asks if they have the Doctor Who theme song. And when Tyler says, Prob's not, he's like, don't worry, I brought my own and pulls out his little CD. So Tyler invites Sydney to the dance floor while Rachel glares from the balcony. This party is at like a club. Yeah. Like it's not just a regular Schmegular house party. Regular (laughs) Schmegular. But we also see, you know, a keg stand is happening. Terrence ends up doing it like a keg stand. Then he does his handstand all on his own. So he has insane core strength, apparently. And they all start counting. Meanwhile, Tyler and Sydney are dancing, and Sydney's like, Oh, you know, I hope the guys are doing okay. And Tyler says, Yeah, looks like it. And we see Terrence absolutely smashing everybody's keg stand record. He's at 155. And that's when Dinky goes over to Lenny and tells him that she likes his new hairstyle because he has his hair like straightened and fluffed.
1: Yeah, he straightened his hair for yeah. it like a, a freaking. Um... I don't know, a Justin Bieber-esque. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's more pop punk,
0: but I was like, what yeah. is happening? I'm like, I think the curls were better, but yeah, that's just my opinion. We're at Natural King. So that's when some of the Kappas go over to Dinky and they're like, Dinky, Rachel, we need you right now. It's an emergency. They just want to get her away from Lenny. Yeah. So Lenny says bye. And then the other girls, it's like Katie, Christy, some of the other Kappas, they're like, wow, like how come we haven't seen you guys out before? Like, you guys are so sexy. Mm. And they're like, oh, there's seven of us and seven of you. Sounds like a party to me. Like, let's all meet at the hot tub. And you can leave your clothes on the way. I'm like, are they going to drown them in the hot tub? I know.
1: I thought they were going to le- be like, oh, there's actually a koi pond. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That would have been more like of a callback. Yeah,
0: but they basically are like, oh, we didn't bring our swimsuits. And they're like, neither did we. So So the guys
1: start rushing out as Rachel watches proudly from the balcony. So clearly they have something up their sleeve. Mm -hmm. We cut to Sydney dancing with Tyler, having a great time when suddenly the lights outside are turned on and we see all the Vortex boys naked. Yeah. Humiliating. The entire party laughs at them. Mm -hmm. And Sydney goes up to Rachel and she says that this is low even for her. Um, I don't know why I said it like that, but (laughs) it is. And Rachel's like, oh, so sweet of you to care about them. Since you're behind their campaign, I'd love to break the news. Terrence has been disqualified from the election because he graduated six years ago. (gasps) Mm Mm-hmm. And Tyler goes up to Rachel and he's like, get the hell out. And she thanks him for playing his part so well. And I'm like, uh, here oh, we go again. God. The classic, like, framing someone who actually didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. so that the love interest is mad at them. Some manufactured drama for the third mm-hmm. act. Yeah. Of course. And Rachel reveals that the Witchburn at Prince Greek Life Center is now a reality and Sydney is like, what? Like, what is this? And Rachel's like, oh, he didn't tell you. Well, it was his idea to have the vortex condemned so we can tear it down for the center. <gasps> yeah. And Sydney's like, you had something to do with this. And Tyler admits to, like, calling the vortex a dump, but he's like, no, I didn't, like, say to do this. And I'm like, you also didn't tell her it was going to be torn down for a giant Greek life center. Mm -hmm. So that probably should have been on your list of things to do.
0: Yeah. Also, you're not going to, like, refute the claim that Rachel made that you were just, like, playing her? (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. So obviously Sydney asks him
1: if he wanted to tear down the vortex, and he's like, "Well, like I wanted to," but and Sydney's just like, "I don't want to hear it," and walks away. And Rachel tells him not to grovel; he's above it.
0: Ugh. Big eye roll. So yeah, they then go back to the vortex, where already a sign has been placed on the door that it's been condemned. I'm like, what what time did these people come? Right. And apparently they only (laughs) have 24 hours to vacate the premises. So Gherkin then looks at them. He's like, things are looking grim, brothers. And I'm like, Chad, when you wrote that line, you probably thought you were the smartest person to walk the planet. Yeah. Sydney then apologizes and Gherkin says that she should have just left them alone. They were doing fine before she made them her guinea pigs. And Sydney is like, come on, guys you know, we have to stand up to the Greeks and Lenny's like, yeah, but we also have to have a place to live, Sydney. True. Yeah. True. So in Sydney's
1: bedroom, she packs up her belongings, looks at the photo of her mom, and then she decides to call her dad, but unfortunately he doesn't pick up. She goes to voicemail and she just tells him that she misses him and everything is really
0: great here. I'm having a great, Time. I'm having so much fun.
1: Yay. So, the
0: next day, they pack everything up, they load it in a U haul and drive off. And as the truck pulls away, we see that Sydney's father is there. He drove to see her all night. Yeah. I drove all night to get to you. Is that all right? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I actually don't know this. Oh my God, Celine Dion. Someone throw bologna oh. at me. <laughs> Get out. So Sydney and her dad walk through a park and he tells her that he could hear from her voice and that message that something wasn't right. So he drove all night to be here for her. And he was surprised when he got here and found that she wasn't at the Kappa house. And I'm like, how humiliating that he went there first and was like, uh, can I speak to Sydney? And they're like, she doesn't live here. But Sydney says that she wanted to tell him so many times what was going on, but she felt like she failed mom. And he tells her that following in mom's footsteps doesn't mean reliving her life. It means being the same kind of person that she was. And he says that her mom was so much more than just a kappa. She always fought for what she believed in, and so does Sydney. and nothing could make him prouder than that. Mm Mm-hmm. Sydney's like, well, what about the time that I installed a water filtration system in under an hour? And he's like, well, that was pretty great, too. So sweet little father-daughter moment. But, you know, it just – I just feel like the stakes are not there. The emotional stakes yeah. are not there in the movie. So I'm like, that was nice, but I don't really feel emotionally stirred at all.
1: No, for sure. I think that, like – They just fit so much action into such a short time Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like when he comes, it's like, wow, he's really there for her. But then when he comes, I like don't get there's no more conversations with him. Yeah. Where it's like, I think they have they have right after this. Was it? I don't think there. Oh, no, no. It's this. It's just this in the park. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they have. And. Yeah, and then she just goes back to the
0: guys in the Vortex and, like, I don't know, her dad goes home or whatever. So it also just feels like – so they want to kind of push this through line of, like, oh, you know, she wants to feel connected to her mom and she feels like she let her down by not pledging Kappa. But then it mm-hmm. already feels like we kind of resolved that when she was like, yeah, you know, I just feel closer to her being at the school. Right. So, like, it feels like they wrapped that and up. And the movie. <laughs> yeah. So they either needed to sprinkle more of that like doubt throughout which I think would have been interesting to see her like grapple I agree. with that but they just don't because there's yeah. so much going on with like the Vortex boys and we spent so much time at the Kappa house We spent so much time at the Kappa house. We did not need
1: to see all of that interim and stuff no. because either they needed to be like she's not going to get a bid or just fast forward to her getting kicked out at the prisons. Yeah.
0: Dance. And I think that uh, Rachel could have been a much smaller part than it is. Like, she takes up so much of the movie. hmm And, like, I love Sarah Paxton, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's not her movie. <laughs> right.
1: I think even Tyler's part could have been diminished yeah. significantly. Yeah. It, it's always difficult to have um, big plot with, like, a bunch of people and then
0: add a romantic mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. I'm like – too many things. Yeah. There's a reason that in Snow White, like, I mean, I'm referencing the Disney movie, obviously, because I have a better frame of reference for that than, like, the actual story. But mm-hmm. there's a reason why the portion at the beginning where she's living with the queen is so short. Yeah. And then the majority of the time she's with the dwarves. So, like, why is she with the queen for so long and then For movie? so long. <laughs> but anyways... Yeah. So
1: we go back to the motel, or I guess we just discovered the motel, <laughs> but we go to this like rundown motel. The guys are all sharing one room when there's a knock at the door. It's Sydney. And she tells them, Up and Adam, it's time to make some plans. And she asks if they're really going to let some girl who doesn't know who Gandalf is screw them over. And Lenny tells her she's right, and he bets she doesn't know who Gandalf is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all share a big laugh, and Gherkin says they're still mad at her, though. And she's like, That's okay. Like, I want you to be mad at me. I want you to get fired up to win this election. The freedom of the Seventh Power Party will prevail with their new candidate for president. Me, Sydney, is going to run against Rachel wow and i really also i don't understand why it took us so long to get to that point like i i don't know why she wasn't just the one running for president to begin with
0: absolutely but at least we get a montage yeah we get another montage because we got to keep this movie going so So somehow
1: (laughs) by any means possible
0: yeah, we see. You know, the student body is watching a video of Sydney announcing her campaign in literally the eleventh hour uh, in class. Professor Carlton announces that their final papers are due on Friday and no late papers will be accepted. Mm-hmm. Keep this in your back pocket. Chekhov's paper. He then tells <laughs> Chekhov's th- <laughs> term paper. Yeah, he he talks about how their their term paper is supposed to be about the mechanics of modern campaigning. So very apt for what Sydney's doing right now. We see more of her announcement video where she talks about how the Greeks you know usually win the election. Uh, in class, Carlton talks about catering to your base, but there's also something to be said for thinking outside that box. So Sydney actually goes to a bunch of the other groups on campus outside of Greek life. So she goes to the Southern Atlantic Pacific Islanders Association event and campaign. She goes to like the ROTC people. Uh, in her video she talks about how 80% of the student body isn't involved in Greek life we like this is we're cutting back and forth between like the campaign video Carlton's class yeah. and her visiting other students Carlton talks about how Kennedy's campaign you know he was an outsider he was a Catholic which he, like who had never been elected as president before we see Sydney going to the Jewish student union Uh, she goes to a marching band rehearsal just like minorities women the poor in general (laughs) she goes to a poetry event for the gay lesbian transgender and searching alliance
1: i was surprised that they included that
0: yeah me too i was like wow this is very progressive especially for 2007 um we see this person walk out and they're delivering a poem called naked pain an epic poem in three parts and we see that the Uh, vortex gang is all there cheering them on which is very exciting we see that like other student groups are looking at the party's pamphlet the word is being spread about sydney's campaign and carlton tells them that it's a lesson worth remembering
1: wow carlton loves to be the only professor at the school he is
0: (laughs) single-handedly keeping this school afloat yeah Teaching everyone, running the
1: student council, mm-hmm. um, helping at the, helping serve meals to the homeless. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Yeah. So later on, Rachel's handing out flyers, which I didn't get to see. I think it's Sydney's on the flyers. It's, it's like, like a big
0: X on it or something stupid yeah, like that. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And she tells everyone passing by to keep it Greek and vote Rachel Witchburn.
0: Rachel Witchburn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the Freedom to the Seventh Power Party walks by with their picket signs. And one of them goes, hi, ho. And then later on, another one's like, bye, ho.
0: Uh And they're like, oh, my God,
1: we're clever. We're so clever.
0: So good. So later on. As Gherkin and Spanky are hammering a sign into the ground, a goth girl goes up and asks Gherkin about his People's Punisher t-shirt. And she's like, oh, do you read it? And he's like, read it. I write it. She's like, oh, my God. Did you know that there's an entire spoken word night dedicated to your website? Like, I absolutely love you. And I always swore that if I ever met the People's Punisher guy, I'd hook up with him. Wow. I'm like, yeah, that's how people talk. So <laughs> Tyler then goes up to Sydney to help her out and she's clearly still pissed at him, but she does notice that he has a Stanley 22 anti-vibe framing hammer, which is a hammer that she mentions at the start of the movie that she really wanted. So she asks if she can touch it. He's like, you can have it. It's like a hammer. It's literally (laughs) a hammer. I don't care. He's like, I just bought the most expensive one they had at the store. Sure. (laughs) He's like, you know, I thought I could help and I'm sorry about the other night. You know, I had nothing to do with what Rachel pulled. I was involved in the Greek center, but Rachel twisted everything around. And Sydney says, yeah, I know what that's like. And Tyler tells her that she's going to do great at the debate tomorrow. So they are now back on. All is forgiven. Sydney and Tyler together again. Yes. All is right
1: with the world. So after this, like, reconciling, we see Rachel just walk down this very dark hallway. Um, I thought she was in some sort of, like, back alley, like – I don't even know, like a legal yeah. drug trade, but it's, I think, actually just like a creepy dorm. And she ends up knocking on this door. A guy with like piercings and long hair opens up. And Rachel's like, I thought we could do a little business.
0: Yeah, God. So... <laughs> Back at the motel, Sydney is typing away, and Lenny's like, oh, I thought you finished Carlton's paper last week. And I'm like, damn, finishing a paper an entire week before the due date? Couldn't be I me. I cannot <laughs>
1: imagine it. I cannot imagine it whatsoever. Mm-mm.
0: Especially you and I, notorious for like- our all-nighters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like, Well, I mean, we're just like so busy. Yeah. And had poor
1: time management. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. really what and the problem that, was. And we'd like wait until
0: the last one and be like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill myself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, everyone else would like get their stuff done in a reasonable amount of time. And we would be like, but wouldn't it be fun? If we tortured ourselves by doing it all the night before. Killing our bodies. Yeah. um, The worst one was, and honestly, I still to this day think that it should not be allowed, was that our professor made our final paper and our exam on the same day. So we had to not only hand in a paper, but also take a test that same day. I'm like, you need to split those things up so that people can write their paper and study. But that was the worst all-nighter that we did was when we had to write the paper and then start studying at, like, 7 a.m. That was really bad.
1: I remember coming into class and being like, yeah, I just read all the plays last night. Like, I just reread all the plays. And I I was was like, like, how can you retain (laughs) – yeah, (laughs) reread. But literally, how can you retain all of that Mm -hmm. information?
0: yeah. I didn't even read the plays to start. So I was like, there's no way. Yeah, we already had to read them to write the paper. I yeah. like pick a couple. To- yeah, I did not read the play that I wrote the paper on. I read like a summary and then I wrote the paper. And you know what? I got an A on that paper. So Yeah, I think I got a pretty decent grade on the paper. Yeah. I can't remember. I did not do as well what on, I the got exam, on the exam though. Test. Yeah. I think that yeah. I I got like a B or something. Um but, but- yeah that that class was crazy i don't know what it
1: was if it was just like we were too wrapped up in like productions Mm -hmm. or but i just remember that class literally being like oh i'm gonna like get a like i was like concerned about my performance in that class
0: yeah i wasn't even supposed to take that class i was supposed to take a different one and you were like take this one with me and i had to get off the wait list. i was like (laughs) wouldn't it be so fun it was so much fun we had a great time did we
1: did we both end up on the waitlist and like go to class and then people dropped yes. and we got in? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyways, where what are we talking about? The movie. Oh yeah, she's she's adding to her paper that she finished a week before the due date cuz yes. she's psycho. Smart and not like the other girls. Uh, the other girls being us. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I just wanted to add some of the ideas from our campaign to my paper." And Lenny's like, you're such a dork. LOL. Suddenly, Sydney gets an email and it says, urgent update about the election. And she's like, huh. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Let me open that now. Attachment, unverified, click. Click. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's a virus. Yeah. And it wipes out her entire hard drive and the virus is like poison apple you've been poisoned Beep,
1: boop. all right <laughs> all right clever subtle thank you chad for that one wow we've talked about so much <laughs> and, <laughs> and back uh in this like computer guy's cave or whatever uh the guy is like that is one poisoned apple and oh, then tells oh, rachel oh. <laughs> yeah it's so funny the quips are hilarious hmm. and he tells rachel to pay up and she gives him a box of hot pockets okay best deal in town right there <laughs> serious like virus hacking illegal uh,
0: actions for some hot pockets He's like yeah get me a king size from costco and we're good to go yeah. so back at the motel Sydney is catatonic this is obviously a reference to when Snow White falls into a slumber after eating the poison apple and she's like my paper due tomorrow the debate tomorrow and they're like Sydney are you with us and she's like I can't let her win like this and Lenny is like, well, the debate is in 12 hours today. And she's like, okay, I guess I have to pull a Moe and Christina and do an all-nighter. Yeah. So she goes to the library. She finishes up her paper. And she's like, mm, I'm done. Let me just slide my little eyes shut and fall asleep. That's the,
1: that's the death sentence, babe. Yeah. I've never fallen asleep and felt like I can get back up. <laughs> So we go to, um, I don't know, somewhere on campus, and the student council debate is about to begin. Sydney is nowhere to be found, and the guys are all, like, very concerned. But in the background, we see Tyler overhear this. So he runs up the stairs, heads inside, and using his knowledge of of Sydney's mom's study carol, Mm -hmm. finds her. And tells her that she needs to wake up. And meanwhile, Professor Carrollton and Rachel are waiting at the podiums. Tyler tells Sydney that she can't give up now. She means a lot to him. And he kisses Sydney. She kisses him back. And she tells him she is awake now.
0: Okay. Sure you didn't really try all that hard to wake her up a normal way. You just like Mm-mm. very quietly like, I'll Sydney. have to put my tongue in her mouth. <laughs> just like, Sydney, you have to wait. I'm like, shake her. Shake her. <laughs> put a little back into it, man. Yeah, he's just like, you must wake up. You mean Sydney. a lot to me. But that didn't work. I guess I have to la, put la, my la, lips la, on yours. <laughs> yeah. How about this, Sydney? Mm-hmm. While you're <sighs> asleep which yeah yeah I'm like I get it it's the fairy tale it's I the get thing, it and da,
1: da, da. but
0: come on a dude a little <laughs> oomph would be nice <laughs> Carolton
1: is about to start the debate without her but Sydney arrives just in time and he asks Rachel if she wins another term as president what she would do differently and Rachel says why fix what isn't broken this has been a great year for the university and I'm excited to break ground on the Greek Life Center very soon. So Carolton asks for Sid's rebuttal and she actually gets booed and Rachel's like, wow, I guess your people couldn't make it. It's just you and your dorks. Just at that very moment, all the people from all the different campus clubs, like the marching band and the Pacific Islander Student Association and the goth people and um, I don't know, the other clubs, they all come out and they're cheering for Sydney and the freedom of the seventh power party. The goth girl blows a kiss at Gherkin and Sydney gives her rebuttal. For years, we've been oppressed by the Greek elite who take everything for themselves and leave nothing to the rest of us. It's time for the rest of us to take back the school. I bet most of you have no idea how great the campus a cappella group is. And why would you? The social and cultural landscape is run entirely by the Greeks. And those guys are forced to practice in a dank basement that is hard on their vocal cords. Yeah! <laughs> I have met so many great and interesting people here that I never would have met if I didn't step out of my own little world before all I wanted was to fit in, but I learned that we're all searching to fit in and we, we all feel like outsiders and we all do things and feel things that are bizarre and unconventional and dorky. We're all dorks. My name is Sydney White. My dad's a plumber. I collect comic books and I'm secretly terrified of balloon animals. I'm a dork.
0: Yeah, and then (laughs) I'm just like so over the movie at this point. But (laughs) Tyler, let's finish it up, I guess. Yeah, Tyler stands up and he's like, my name's Tyler Prince. I'm the current high scorer in Gherkin of Honor, and I'm a dork. And then Spanky stands up and he's like, oh yeah, his real name is Sanford. That is his government name. And, he, and I've never had sex with a girl before, but I really want to. I'm a dork. Then this part, I actually love. Jeremy stands up. This was nice. And he's like, my name is Jeremy. I used to speak only through this puppet. And I'm a dork. And then he throws away the puppet. Wow. Very sweet. Moose then stands up and says, my name's Moose. I used to be the top ranked boys figure skater in New Jersey. I'm a dork. And then uh, I think Katie stands up and she's like, I've hated Rachel since freshman year when she told me that I had mom arms and I have a voodoo doll of her and I stick pins in it. And everyone's just like. "Silence." What? She's like, oh, and um, I'm a dork. And everybody cheers. Yay. <laughs> Dinky stands up and she's like, my name's Dinky and I think I'm in love with a dork. <laughs> And everybody stands and they all cheer and Rachel storms off stage, but she is met by the Kappas and Dinky tells her that her behavior is unfitting of being a Kappa. They hereby strip her of her privileges of the Kappa sisterhood. So as they walk away from Rachel, they do their little chant. Here comes a Kappa, queen of the row. She's hot. She's cute. She ain't no hoe." Rachel tries to soothe herself with her calming words once again. But instead, she just screams and stomps away. hmm And as if this wasn't the end of the movie,
1: we get more.
0: <laughs> what a treat.
1: What a time. <laughs> we see in the school paper that the Freedom to the Seventh Power Party has been inaugurated Everyone from the different clubs works to fix up the vortex into this like Swiss chateau style house. Mm. And Lenny sneezes while he and Dinky are gardening. And she's like, Oh, are you getting sick? And he's like, No, it's the pollen. It's the mulch. So, <laughs> yeah, the mulch. So she kisses him. Gherkin kisses the goth girl.
0: Wow, everyone's booed up.
1: Yeah, except Spanky. He's like pissed. He's. He's coming. He's becoming a bit of an incel, <laughs> but some girls from southeast state come up to him and ask for some guidance, and he's like, "Give me five minutes," and he runs back to the group. Immediately, Terrence pulls up in a convertible and the suit, and like, looks like a businessman. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Where's the businessman special?" <laughs> yeah. And apparently, Terrence finally perfected his predictive analytic theory. It can predict anything from the behavior of amino acids in a stable isotope peptide bond to the outcome of sporting events. And I'm like, they're going to use it for the outcome of sporting events. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so he yeah. sold it to iBet.com for $10 million. Yeah, undersold, babe. You should have charged yeah, a lot more for that. You should have
1: kept on as some board of director. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have um, a consistent income. Yes, honey. So Sid sees Tyler and whistles at him. They kiss. Dinky suggests they take a picture. And we, like, zoom out like a scrapbook. And Sydney says, that's the story of Sidney White. She did make friends for life. And they all lived dorkily ever after.
0: That was something. <laughs> yeah. It just the movie just falls so flat for me. Yeah. Because we really don't get much of a personal journey at all for Sydney. I think we've talked about this throughout. Yeah. She pretty much remains exactly the same. The only like difference is like she's now in college and has friends at the end of the movie. But she doesn't change at all. Not that she necessarily, like, needs to change who she is. She seems like a great person already. But there's just no growth there. And especially because, like, going to college is such a formative time. And you, like, learn about a lot about yourself. And you grow a lot in those years. Yeah. And we just didn't get to see that happen.
1: Yeah. I just feel like if it was a more zeroed-in focus on, like, some component of the yeah. many topics we touched on, it could have been better – uh, we also talked about, like, Amanda Bynes just having more, com- like, comedic moments. Um, yeah. And I feel like we've talked about with other films as well, like, you can either be more on the dramatic side or more on the comedic side. And, like, all this was, like, in the vein of comedy mm-hmm. because it was so such a caricature. But there wasn't, but wasn't anything, funny. like, <laughs> funny. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't funny.
0: Yeah. I'm like, I can tell that you're making a joke. But it's not – yeah, I just don't think that the writing yeah. is very strong. It's I also prefer, like, a, a wittier style of comedy than this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this felt like punching down. And yeah. it just was kind of lazy, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. It, just, it just doesn't work. And, again, like, I don't get invested in the love story at all. Like, Tyler does not do it for me. You think that man is, like, the most – mediocre white yeah, man ever. <laughs> i really do um which is surprising because i'm like on paper he's probably somebody that I, i'm like you know good looking dark hair nice but there's yeah. just so little to him mm-hmm. there's so little to everybody in this movie frankly and yeah i think the pacing is way off we spend so much time at the kappa house mm-hmm That need to be, like, significantly shortened. I don't know if it's just because they thought that, like, that would appeal to a female audience more. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know why they established it so heavily. Maybe it was
1: because the point in the second half was to, like, upturn the Greek life. But if that... Then show us the corruption of Greek life, not just like people being mean, you know? Right. Because there's like people being mean, but we don't, other than the vortex, we don't really see how other people are affected. Yeah. And like the funding
0: thing, like that's crazy that 80% of the funding goes to Greek life. Like, yeah. Show us like the corruption of the school. Like that's actually interesting.
1: Yeah. So why don't we write a
0: movie? We should. Because we're clearly the best. We're clearly not. Yeah. (laughs) We're the best at it. Yeah, Um, so there's just like a lot of potential that was not realized. Yeah, I just
1: wanna, I want to see Amanda Bynes shine. I want her to have good roles. Like, I guess this was one of her last films. Um, and I do feel like in Easy A, she got to show her comedic chops, which was really nice. Yeah, so that's like good. But like,
0: yeah, I want to give props to her and to um. Jack Carpenter who played Lenny I feel like they did like the absolute best that they could with the dialogue to like make anything funny they were making choices like I really enjoyed their performances honestly like all of the guys in the vortex I thought were like pretty good they just like didn't have a lot to work with right there wasn't any performance that I felt was particularly bad it's just like poor source material but yeah I really enjoyed Dinky I liked her character a lot um I wish we could have seen like maybe one more scene between her and Lenny yeah. Or even another
1: scene with her and um, Sydney just yeah. reconciling their friendship.
0: Because I don't think
1: there's, after she leaves the Kappas,
0: they have that one little really... conversation at the tailgate and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what if Dinky helped them and was like, I'm going to help take down Rachel from the inside? Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Especially if she's supposed to be Rose Red. Like, she's supposed to be Sydney's, like, Snow White sister. Mm-hmm. I oh, don't know. I don't know, dude. But with that being said, what are you rating this one?
1: Uh, it's going to be, like, a 5 out of 10 for me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Which is a bummer, because I was excited to do... And I'm glad we did it, too, because yeah. I just love Amanda Bynes. And I like, you know... The heart of the pod is really the late two thousands mm. sorry, late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands, yeah. early odds films. And so this really falls into that, but
0: Yeah. Very mid. I just don't think mid. it's as strong as like other contenders. Cause believe me, like I love a cheesy sleepovery movie, but I just think there are better ones than this one. So Yeah, I agree. Um I think it's very easy to get clouded with nostalgia glasses. To be like, oh, my God, I love Sydney White. But if you actually watch it now, you're like, eh. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Is it that good? Not really. But, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're in Canada Mm -hmm. and you would like to watch Sydney White, you can actually watch it for free with ads on ctv.ca. So, there you
1: go. Oh, you can watch it for free if you have HBO Max. Um, I watched it on Max's streaming service. So, check that out.
0: Beautiful. And uh, don't forget, if you want a little more content from us, you can always join our Patreon. This month, we have The Princess Bride. Coming up next month, we have Barbie Nutcracker. Very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can also follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at mtru underscore pod.
1: You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can always send us a good old fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, and we'll see you next week for the first installment of (laughs) Y2Christmas. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.